Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're back. My name is Eric Estep. I'm your host this week, joined as always by the NWP crew. We've got Darian Gilliam, a.k.a. Black Flags Matter, Danny B, Danny B Talks, and Jarrett Lundberg, a.k.a. The Iceberg. Gentlemen, it's great to see you. I know a couple of you guys were out at St. Louis uh, this past weekend. We're going to get your take on the gateway races. We're going to answer the chats, super chats, of which there are already many. We'll get to those during the first super chat stage break. But before we can talk gateway and Portland, for that matter, Let's start out with our uh, spicy hot take segment. Danny, let's start with you. What do you want to get off your chest this week? 
I kind of died on this hill on Twitter earlier this week, and I'll continue to stand on this hill. Austin Sendrick was and always was a innocent man this week. He did not even come close to trying to intentionally wreck Austin Dillon. Uh, he was going pretty much straight as could be, getting ready to make his turn. Austin Dillon drove up in front of him, cleared himself, and then basically threw a tantrum and started saying, uh, hey, he needs to be suspended just like all the other ones. When, nah, that's not what happened. You cleared yourself, and then he tried to play the victim. Nah, didn't happen, Austin Dillon. <laughs> dang, dang. All right, Jarrett, you're up next. Well, uh, this is something we'll probably briefly mention on the lightning round, but it has to do with broadcasting uh, and with Amazon's very apparent interest in NASCAR, with Fox needing NASCAR, uh, and NBC seeming to need to fill up that space in the summer when there aren't Olympics for three out of the f- every four-year cycle. Uh, so my hot take is this, and it might seem uh, really odd in the grand scheme of sports, but I think NASCAR's new TV deal not only will be bigger than the last, I think it will also be bigger than MLB's. So I did a little research here. Uh, you have some juggernauts like the NFL, $113 billion contract. It's about $10.4 billion a year. Um, you have you know, NBA getting $75 billion. Uh, NHL actually gets less than NASCAR, $4.4 billion for their deal. NASCAR currently gets $8.2 billion or $820 million a year. The MLB gets about $12.2 billion. I think that with uh, Amazon seeming to want to pay big, wanting into NASCAR, with Fox being desperate and probably going to overpay to keep that sport Uh, And also being the biggest contributor to MLB, so you can see where they will put money in if they want it. I think they will have a deal of at least $12.2 billion or more come end of the summer. That's some big money right there. That's hard to fathom, uh, personally. But uh, I like it. Darian, uh, we'll go to you next. What are you thinking about this week? I have seen the future. I have seen it with my own two eyes. Oh, boy. By the end of the 2020s, I guarantee you this. I'll I'll take it to the bank right now. Front row motorsports will be a true championship contender by the end of the 2020s. Look at their roster right now. Just look at it. You know, yes, you have Michael McDowell. He's done a superb job in that ride. Obviously, Daytona 500 champ. But look at the future, though. Yes, I know, right? Beautiful car. (laughs) Look at the future, though. You got Zane Smith waiting in the wings and in his select starts, he's been superb. I mean, he recently got, I mean, damn near got a top 10 finish in the Coke 600, I believe. And then Todd Gillen in his select starts with the team has also been phenomenal. And even when he's driving for Rick Ware racing, he's still able to maintain a top 25 points position. So I think I've seen enough with those two. If I am front row motorsports, you already have a championship in the truck series but somehow convince Ford to move you up the ranks, move you, yeah, certainly move you up ahead of uh, Storehouse Racing with the, way, um, with the way they've been running these days. And if they can lock those two drivers down and, you know, keep, keep working at it in the Cup Series, I could, I could see that team being a championship contender in the future. They're already doing well now, and they're going to do even better in the future. So wait, I, I heard you mention Zane Smith. I heard you mention Todd Gill. And so you're saying they dump McDowell after this year? 
well, hold on. Perhaps, you know, McDowell could be on to bigger and better things, maybe. You know, I heard oh, Storehouse okay. Racing is looking for a, couple, a few drivers in the future. Yeah, that, that's that's not bad. I like it. I think they got to hold on to Zane Smith. You can't mm-hmm. get, you can't let Blake Harris get poached one year and then Zane gets poached yeah. the next year. That would yeah. just suck, at least for morale. I agree. Um, my hot take in typical me fashion, I don't know how hot it really is. It's just more of a bigger topic I want to discuss a little bit. Uh, I think it was during one of these hot take segments a few weeks or maybe a few months ago, I said that um, I was a little disappointed with Garage 56 because that entry, that Le Mans entry is supposed to be a reserved for an innovative car, some sort of car showcasing new technology. And there's really nothing about this Garage 56 car that's doing that. Originally, they were going to implement some sort of electrical or hybrid component that could one day make it to a real cup car, but they never did. That got scrapped. I imagine budget cuts. I have no idea. So I was kind of down on this whole thing coming in. But I have to say, this past week, scrolling through social media, TikTok, Twitter, you name it, I have seen so many positive uh, comments, tons of coverage, TikToks with millions of views raving about just how gnarly the uh, Garage 56 car looks and sounds. Like NASCAR's goal with this project was to look good on the world stage. And I think also maybe to attract manufacturers, maybe to continue to attract international drivers like Kamui Kobayashi, which was announced earlier today. And I guess this isn't really a hot take, but my take is that they actually are succeeding with this. I didn't expect it to go over as well as it has. They damn, they freaking won the pit crew challenge Mm -hmm. in their class. NASCAR has had about as great a week in France as they could have hoped to have. And in many ways, that's overshadowed the fact the car itself, as far as I can tell, is not really innovative technologically in any significant way. So it sounds good compared to uh, the rest of those cars. And shout out to um, to the one and only David Land for uh, posting that video. I saw it uh, make the rounds on Twitter and stuff. Just the difference in 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 engine sounds between the other cars and stuff. Just it's phenomenal. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I don't think it's really a topic in the show tonight. And I, the actual 24 hours of Lamont is, when is it, June 11th? It's in a few days. I think yeah, it's exactly. this weekend, um, yeah. I believe. But I just want to mention it. Like, it also opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, it, I don't know what's going on with F1 and Andretti and Cadillac, if that's died or if that's still, they're chugging along, st- trying to get, you know, into the series. But boy, F1 would, I think is going to live to regret not if they don't let, Andretti and Cadillac mm-hmm. and because I think this just is just further proof that Americans especially American race fans are itching for uh you know an American team someone they can truly root for a contender to go abroad and be showcased on the world stage and so yeah. now technically Haas is there but I mean you know yeah they, but like they're, they're not really a, yeah yeah they're not yeah. really a a, a, a yeah. contending team like that yeah so anyway, uh, I put a poll in the chat who had the hottest take Darian with his front row is going to be a contender in the next seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets the hot, uh, is currently winning by a pretty wide margin. Uh, oh, I'll leave that third. up for a few moments. I, th- I thought yeah. NASCAR overtaking the MLB for bargaining rights. One of the big four networks hey. would be, or sport leagues would be a little bit higher, but I guess, you not. know what? Maybe they agree with you. Maybe that's why, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, Jerry, <laughs> you're right. Well, well, I mean, you're about to take second. It looks like so. At least you get that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that a, seems like there's only 14% that are Austin Dillon fan, 13%. <laughs> to me, the hottest part of Darian's take is that Michael McDowell could be on the out and might end up with a Stuart Haas or some okay. other team. That that would be you pretty spicy. Know. That'd be you pretty zesty know. if something like that happened. 
let's move on, gentlemen. Uh, first off, it's great to see uh, everyone watching live and trying to keep tabs on the chat. Appreciate you guys sticking it out through mm-hmm. our little 10-minute technical delay. Um, but we have over 500 live concurrent viewers right now on YouTube. Uh, really appreciate you all being here. Let's talk about Gateway first and foremost, gentlemen. Uh, real quick, before we get into it, I have a few questions I want to ask about particular contenders. But I want to ask the two panelists who are at Gateway, uh, how was it? I'll start with you, Darian. I know you were there. You were there last year as well, correct? So how did year no, one, I was. you weren't, oh, were you there, Jared? Okay, I'll yes. start with you instead. Jared, you were there year one to year two. How did the event compare in its second season? Well, I mean, it's difficult because of the delays. Um, I would definitely want to put that in the perspective first. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say the crowd in the midway and in the infield especially, I know they sold out and it's supposed to be relatively the same amount of people. It felt more full when it came to walking through with fans. At one point, Darian and I, about, what was it, Darian? Three hours before the race, walked out there, uh, and you could not walk around out there. Yeah. Because there were so many people packed on in. So maybe people got there earlier. Uh, the energy seemed really high. Uh, so when it came to that aspect, I think that they matched last year at the very least. Um, the fans, the energy the fans had, they stayed through all the lightning delays, rain delays. It was funny because um, I overheard people who don't, live in the Midwest and the media center saying, why, why aren't these fans getting inside? It's a, a lightning warning. And like, <laughs> yeah, these are, these are Midwesterners. So it ain't storming there. So <laughs> yeah, st- st- storms, tornadoes, lightning. That is, that is like a national pastime to watch as a sport, as a Midwesterner. Uh, so the fans brought it uh, racing. Uh, I, I'll put it like this. It, it was not the worst race of the year by any means. Um, I didn't think it was as good as last year's, uh, but there was passing. I guess the broadcast just didn't show it because uh, Carson Hosevar at one point, we'll talk about him in a bit, went from 35th to 16th, almost all in one run. Uh, Denny Hamlin was, you know, up front passing guys up, you know, back and forth. A lot of those guys up front were passing each other. A uh, dirty air was significant. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but I also think that, if maybe the broadcast focused on more than just the first five for much, much of the race, they would have seen there was a lot of people going back and forth at different points. Um, I personally gave like a five out of 10 race wise. I think the product needs to be fixed. No, Denny Hamlin talked about fixing the tire. Uh, so that's where I'd go with it. I think uh, event wise, fan wise, maybe not internet wise, but mostly everything outside <laughs> the racetrack uh, brought their a game. Now NASCAR and Goodyear need to get it with the racing product too. Darren, I saw you had a, a good view of that explosion. Um, how hot was that? Oh, it was hot, hot, hot. But uh, <laughs> well, hold on. Did Fox Sports really miss that again? Yeah, they didn't show it. They showed it later, like on a, from an onboard. Yeah, like, you, only, you only get it from the onboard camps. Yeah, oh, I, wow. I, I remember thinking, I didn't tweet anything because I was like, maybe they didn't do it this year, but I'd heard they were going to do it. And when they missed it again, I, I was shocked because no, they were showing nothing. They cut to like a random baby in the crowd. They were showing nothing. Oh, of course. Of course it's, yes. something, so, yeah. it's something that is like known for Gateway at this point. They did it for, they did it for the IndyCar races. I yeah. They did it for some of the truck races too. But it's just something that's uh, just... Before the race, they dropped napalm on Gateway. So damn, but yeah, no, it was hot, and really the entire weekend was a uh, it was it was hot. Definitely, I ended up wearing jeans on Saturday, and then uh, regretted it once I got back, and then <laughs> made the choice of wearing shorts on Sunday. Thankfully, but um, the race um was pretty good. I I think for for Gateway standards, you know, I mean you I mean you know what you're getting when you uh when you come to Gateway. I mean it's a similar track to uh to what New Hampshire in a sense. Would you say maybe? 
or yeah, you know just I, a little you know just slightly it's like phoenix yeah. yeah okay okay so phoenix probably because of the slider banking or whatever just the way it's shaped but yeah no um the i mean just the, the fans there though i mean st louis man st louis you know you know they can be loyal they could be loyal you know you got the cardinals the blues and then well before Cronky, you know ruined it and they were supported for the rams for a little bit you know so it doesn't matter what sports coming out there they are going to support it 100 percent. and nascar is no exception you know i mean just being out there like you had to basically juke through the uh through the crowd it felt like you know because it was so crowded you know and i mean i was just at the indy 500 the previous weekend now obviously in indy 500 you know 300 000 people but i mean for you know a cup race in st louis for its second year this it's pretty damn good and i think this track you know because of the product and you know because it, it's um it's a sellout um, this track is perfect for just one day a year. You know, not too, let's yeah. not oversaturate it. Gateway's the perfect track for one day a year. I'll raise the question that people had brought up last year. Uh, now two races under the belt, one that a lot of people had fun with, one that was not. Uh, what are we thinking of the prospects that many brought up last year of a playoff race? For Gateway? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people brought that up last year. Yeah, I, I, what, I what would it myself. What yeah. would it replace? That's the question. People are going to say Texas, but if Texas only has one date a year, you can't run that in the summer. You got to run yeah, that at the end or the Kansas beginning of the year. Maybe, but Kansas has always been there, and they yeah, have the, yeah. the the contract. I'm just saying a lot of people brought that up last year, and I know it sounds dumb now. Uh, but Yeah, but no. But no yeah. I think something that can – you know, I, I like it in the playoffs, but also it could be fine as like a night summer race. You know, Bristol night race could be in the summertime in exchange. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, real quick, uh, Jared, I have to ask, did you enjoy Illinois 300? <laughs> uh, I enjoyed being in the racetrack. I did not. <laughs> I do not enjoy that state. Uh, but I will say I did enjoy uh, going out during the lightning delay and seeing – I, I want to bring this up because I know no one else will bring it up because I was the only one that saw it. Uh, during the lightning delay, they had a football. They're throwing that around. That was the fun part. The fun, the real fun part, though, was in turn two, they would start the wave and it would get to the front stretch mm-hmm. over at one. And by the time it got close to the start finish line, it would stop. And it got to the point where the people starting the wave and continuing it, whenever it would stop, would start booing the other side of the stands. <laughs> and it was awesome because they were there was so much energy back and forth. And, and you have all these people in the fan zone in, in the infield looking up at it and we're just laughing our asses off because mm-hmm. it's That's funny. funny. how Denny Hamlin was. I saw Kyle Bush was laughing at it. Uh, <laughs> I I think Noah was going to go out with a football or go out or something, but uh, an official came over, I think because it was a lightning delay and forced them not mm-hmm. to go out. Um, yeah. But that energy <laughs> was Technically te- 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 that hiding. would look bad on NASCAR's part because they're technically supposed to be hiding in that. Sense. Yeah. 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 Midwesterners. You sure you didn't? You sure you didn't have uh, some lady from the AP come out and take a pictures and say, "Look at the crowd." No, <laughs> no. I, to be fair though, the crowd in the rain delay honestly looked pretty damn. It was like eighty percent of the people just stayed in the stands. They did not give a damn. Damn, Danny. Uh, I see. So, so she, didn't, she didn't get an opportunity. Would have looked a lot better than Nashville Super Speedway. Yeah, but uh, no. Nah, hey, they're loyal. I appreciate man. that. Yeah. That was a good savage response there, Danny. Uh, <laughs> but let's get to the race itself. Um, Kyle Busch holds on, I don't know how many, I think it was five or six restarts at the end. He he, he was impressive on the sixth to last restart. Mm-hmm. I did the math. I was counting it up during my post-race recap. Mm-hmm. When he was fourth and he rode that outside lane, 
pushed Larson clear to the lead and then rode that momentum to pass Larson himself. That was vintage Kyle Busch making up yeah. positions on a restart. Then he played defense the rest of the way. Kyle Busch, third win of the season, matches William Byron. They are tied for the series lead. But while Byron has been fast almost every week, Kyle Busch has been a little more up and down. So I want to po- pose a couple of different questions to both you guys and also to the chat. First question, and I'll jump to you with this, uh, Jarrett. How many wins does Kyle Busch finish with this year? I know you and I were really high on him at the beginning of the year. Are we still riding that? And secondly, will Kyle Busch make the championship four? Are you ready to call him a championship threat? All right. I'll start with the easier one with the wins. Before the season, I remember the ch- a lot of people in the chat clowned me for my prediction because I was very high on Kyle Busch. And I said, Kyle Busch will win six or more races this year. And I am standing than by me. it. I am standing Ooh. by Three wins and 15 starts so far. The team has now found speed uh, in this race, which is a very important race because everyone talked about how this race was the most similar to Phoenix. And we saw it play out that way last year with Joey Logano winning this race over Kyle Busch and then going on to Phoenix. So I'm going to say this. I think he gets six or more wins. Uh, I'm going to say at six. That was my, that was really the number I was coming with. So I'll stay at six. Uh, as for championship four, I Martinsville worries me. It does. Uh, but I think, I mean, it's been proven in the past with the system that if you build up those playoff points, which that top 10 is very close right now. Uh, so he, uh, there's a big swing that could happen. You could be seven points one week and lead the points the next. So if he leaves Daytona, the top three or so, which I think he easily could, I'd say he's a championship four favorite with the wins. I mean, nobody else but Byron has this many wins. Uh, start winning some stages, too, which I think he'll be able to because his team's starting to click a little bit. Uh, I think that he should be able to get in the Final Four, and if he does, I think he'll be the absolute favorite because it, he proved it with how dominant he was in this race. The only other one that honestly could stay with him was Ryan Blaney, which is just like the championship last year. Interesting. Yeah, and you're right. Kyle Busch is starting to get things to click. Seventh at Darlington, sixth at Charlotte. Obviously won this weekend at Gateway. Danny, uh, how many wins do you think Kyle Busch finishes with this season? I want to, I'm, I'm way already wrong because earlier this year I said one and that's definitely <laughs> not, not true. Uh, but I would say now seeing how they're functioning, I'm going to guess five. Five is my is my pick. Um, as, I don't, as far as what he wins from here out, I don't know. But is he a championship four? I just don't know because mainly because we do see some weeks where he's not even anywhere close to contending some weeks he's right up there. Um, You know, it could be something think back to his first year with RCR or sorry, his first year with Joe Gibbs racing. Oh wait, he won. How many races he went that year? Granted the playoff system was way different back then. He won eight races with them and he wasn't even close to contending for a championship at the end of that year. So Good point. You know, we, we could see a, a good run early on and it might mean nothing in the end. Kevin Harvick 2020 comes to mind. So, you know, one what? thing I like about Bush this year is his wins have come at very different tracks. He won at mm-hmm. uh, an intermediate auto club, a super speedway, Talladega, and now kind of almost like a short track. I don't know what we'd call gateway. Uh, it Darian, what, like a short track. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Darian, what, what number are you putting on Kyle Bush this year? I believe I picked three, exactly three wins um, before the season started. And if the chat wants to correct me on that, they can, but I'm pretty sure it's three. 
So, you know, we've already reached, you know, three already. So, you know, on paper, supposed to win more, right? I'm going to say no. It stops right here. Now, hear me out. Hold on. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm glad somebody went this way. Go back to his championship, his last championship season, 2019. I believe he had a total of either four or five wins. But four, okay, five. But four of those wins came very early in the season and then ended up winning the championship race. So it's been proven before, even in a championship season, that he can win early on in the year, but then, you know, obviously um, um, he'll um, um, uh, remain consistent, but, you know, um, doesn't win a whole lot and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't win the rest of the season, but I could still see him making the championship four race off of consistency alone, because as you just said, he's starting to pick it back up. And we've seen the playoffs, you know, the playoffs are not really easy to predict anyways and stuff. You know, it feels like entering the playoffs, like, oh, you have to win, you know, this many races here and there and stuff. But then in reality, you know, sometimes it's just based off of points here and there. So I could see Kyle Busch just, you know, pointing his way in to the championship four. That's how good he is. And that's how good that team is. I'll raise one more. Who gets more wins this year, Kyle Busch or Joe Gibbs Racing? They're both tied right now. Um, I I can see Joe Gibbs Racing getting one more. I give the the nod to JGR because I feel like the other guys can still win multiple and Mm -hmm. even Ty Gibbs gets a win. See, yeah, Yeah. I I feel like Gibbs is going to get that win at some point. I mean, I I feel like when you're up front in top 10, you can at least get a strategy win like that. I feel like Bell is on the verge at some point of having that breakthrough Mm -hmm. where he gets a couple. And then you got Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. Let's see that the run we're about to go down, honestly, I think plays really good for someone like Christopher Bell. Because we're about to have, okay, you know, he might do okay at Sonoma, but Nashville, he could do good there. Who knows about Chicago, Atlanta, and then we can win there. New mm-hmm. Hampshire, honestly, might as well be a lock for him at this point. Yeah. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Knock on, knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> but it uh, looks like the chat uh, says, you know, five wins for Kyle Busch. Yeah, like. I asked the chat, how many wins does Kyle Busch get this year? And nearly half of y'all picked five. 22% though said six or more. 20% yeah. said four wins. And then 7% agree with you, Darian, and say he's done. He's Ye done. Ye of right little right faith. Now, so. Ye of little faith. <laughs> or, or maybe they thought they meant three more. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, three on top of this. We'll um, see. I want to highlight a few other drivers who I think had very notable performances. Namely, uh, I want to shout out Kyle Larson and Michael yes. McDowell. First off, Larson, because he uh, fired off terribly, was back there running outside the top 30 in stage one, but battled back, played some tire strategy here and there. Ultimately, he was on two tires trying to beat Kyle Busch those last few restarts. And, you know, he didn't beat Kyle Busch, but he still held on to a very solid top five finish. So I want to give Larson some credit. And Michael McDowell, real quick, and I, you can chime on this if you want Jarrett but Michael McDowell also was on two tires didn't have that clean error that track position Larson had yet still held on for a top 10 finished mm-hmm. ninth um I also want to mention Ross Chastain real quick because uh he finished 22nd I think this is his second week in a row finishing outside the top 20 he was uh-huh. also really a non-factor at North Wilkesboro for the all-star race three races since uh Justin Marks and Chevrolet had a little talk with Ross and three races in a row Chastain has not looked like himself Darian Hey, what did I say? Nothing wrong with him. What did I say? What did I? I made the. Oh, I made remind the point. me. What did you say? So well, I made the what, point. What did you say? I made the <laughs> point. I made the point after that that um I was a little concerned because I'm like, okay, well he's been driving like this his whole life, right? So now all of a sudden he's getting a talking to. Is that going to have some sort of effect from here on out? I mean, look, it's only been three weeks. This might just be a slump. But if this continues, I mean, I would have to go back to that talking to as maybe the 
the beginning of it all. I, I but we'll see. It's only three weeks, though. I don't think it's a slump um, because I, I pulled up his season so far, and Chastain this season is streaky. Uh, first two weeks, top tens. Three straight weeks, outside the top ten. Two weeks, top five. Three straight weeks, outside the top ten. Two more top fives. Now, now we're in the midst of three more weeks outside the top 20. Uh, maybe Chastain is just as volatile when it comes to his finishes as he is with his driving style. I mean, you're seeing it, whether it's he's slow or he gets crashed or whatever, he's up and down, up and down, up and down. It's like a roller coaster. I just want to mention since Darlington, uh, Chastain has gone from leading the points to he's now fifth Mm -hmm. in the regular season standings. But that being said, he still leads the Cup Series with five stage wins. So uh, playoff points wise, he's still looking okay. Hasn't won a race in over a year. I mean, Danny, do you think Justin Marks, Chevy, do you think they're talking to with him actually had an impact? Do you think his driving style has changed maybe for the worse? No, I don't think it's really had an impact on him. Truth be told, I don't even know if he really had that much of a talk with him. I feel like maybe he just said that just to get the media <laughs> off his back a little bit. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, when I heard that, I thought he's just saying it. So I don't even know if it actually happened. It could be. I'm sure there was a talk. I'm sure they had a conversation. How serious it, it, was it? He might have just said like, "Hey, man, I, I can't. We can't have all these memes every week." Just yeah, <laughs> no more. lower the means, lower the means. Oh my god. Yeah, it'll be something interesting to watch. I also want to give a shout out to Daniel Suarez. Uh usually at least last year or two, he's kind of been in Chastain's shadow. But this week, uh Daniel Suarez ran top ten, top five mm-hmm. almost all day. Uh wanted to give him some uh props for that. Um, let's talk about the incident between the Austins, Austin Dillon and Austin Sindrick. Uh on track. Cindric in the middle of three wide appeared to kind of turn left. Austin Dillon also came up. He was on the inside. They made contact, hooked Austin Dillon up into the wall and into Ricky Stenhouse Jr., unfortunately, who looked to have another top 10 or top 15 run going. Uh, Austin Dillon gets out of the car and immediately says it was on purpose. Cindric should be suspended. Richard Childress echoed those comments saying, yep, Cindric wrecked him on purpose. Uh, since then, Austin Cindric has uh, revealed the SMT data and uh, sort of recreation. And again, you can see Dylan comes up, Cindric comes down a little bit. Sure, he says he was trying to, you know, take some of Austin Dylan's airway. They wanted to enter the corner in such a way that he could be tight on Austin Dylan's door. It looked to me like a racing deal. That's what Austin Cindric said it was. I think that's what most fans believe it is at this point. NASCAR also agrees they looked into it, but then decided not to penalize Austin Dillon. I, I, looking at the chat, looking at everything I've seen in my comments and social media this week, I think most folks agree that was the right call. But uh, I guess I'll, I want to start with you on this, Darian. Do you believe it was right not to penalize Cindric? How, like, like I guess where do we go from here? Like, are we just gonna have drivers, you know, calling for suspensions anytime big crashes happen? Yeah. Well, first off, speaking of memes, we have 669 people watching. Nice. Make sure to Very click nice. the like button and also really close to 69,000 subs. So help me get there, y'all. It's just a little shameless plug there. But anyways, to the main point, um, yeah, I don't know. Austin Dillon, like... It felt like it was so it was very emotional and stuff. I mean, right from his um from his um from his exit interview, then you have Richard Childress going on the podium um in the media center saying, Oh yeah, that was clear, intentional, wrecking and stuff. And then once he was going off about that, I was like, Oh god, like 
does does he know something we don't stuff? But then, you know, as the data came out, it was pretty clear um, Austin Cedric didn't wreck him on purpose. But what was funny about that was they showed two totally different angles, and it was like it, they were so different looking. Like on um, one angle, it looked like um, Cedric turned him um, on purpose, and then the other, um, Dylan That's clearly true. turned himself. So I think that had a lot to do with it. But um, you know, um, I want to say the say the question one more time. What was the I, I, I didn't really have a good question because I asked the chat: Was NASCAR right to not penalize Cindric? Okay. Over overwhelmingly, they say yes. This is the right. Yeah. Call. I guess the question is just like, I don't know, like how do we? Hard to do penalize like when he did nothing wrong. Well, oh, do you like so the way these incidents are officiated, or yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's fair. I mean, like, you just gotta, you know, just gotta, you know, play, you know, case by case, obviously. I mean, you know, the Chase Elliott, um, Denny Hamlin um, fiasco was clearly intentional, and there was data to back it up, and NASCAR saw that, and they uh, rightfully suspended him. So I think, like, I, I think, yeah, I mean, like, if, if, if there is a sort of a, if, if there's a, um, um, some type of right hooking incident, you know, on these, um, on these types of tracks, or really any track for that matter. I mean, yeah, NASCAR should really look into that. I mean, like that type of stuff is yeah. so bush league, and it's so it it should be so beneath. You know, these NASCAR drivers, you're at the highest level. You know, stop right hooking, y'all. Come on, but you know, I think NASCAR, they're you know, they, yeah, they made the right call. I'm glad they looked into it for sure. No, no issue with them taking it seriously, but I do think in this case they made. It seems like they made the right call. What do you think, Jarrett? And uh, yeah, I we had talked about it, Darren and I did after the race, uh, on a stream, like right after we had really seen anything. We really didn't see too much in the media center. Um, and it was it was pretty much the same thing. If, if the SMT data uh, said he did anything that people didn't see, then sure. Uh, if, you know, he said something, if they talked to him, whatever. Uh, but there really was nothing to go off of. Uh, Richard Childress and Austin Dillon seemed pretty uh, <laughs> convinced, though, because Darian and I were right behind the camera filming Childress when he said that. We're like, Whoa, what? like it was out of nowhere. It was like it was like it was so blunt. Yeah. Yeah. So I I personally think NASCAR made the right decision. I know it doesn't make an entertaining debate by any means, uh, with I think all of us agreeing on this, but there's some things that you just have to agree on. I think when it comes to uh, officiating for these kind of deals, uh I feel like NASCAR and and I think there's there's pros and cons to it, has put themselves in a bit of a box because and now go back and see other incidents of right hooking that have had lesser penalties that are definitely intentional and other ones that aren't. And I, I, I think that NASCAR now is getting kind of screwed by the bad officiating of NASCAR in the past. Cause you could, you know, NASCAR fans, they'll drag something up from like 1987 <laughs> to prove their point. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I think it's, a, I think it's the right call to at least review it. Uh, I just hope that every week that some kind of incident happens, we're not going to have to pull out the data every time and and make yeah. a big hubbub about it. It's just unfortunate in this case. It was so just so fresh in everyone's mind, and yeah. you know, in in the moment, I can see why Dylan was so upset. But then, to me, when I I when I watched it over and over, and I saw all the angles of it, I didn't actually see the two turn left until he had already made contact with the three. And I think at that point, he's just trying to gather his own car up because they've just yeah. made contact on the track. That's what, that's what I saw. And I, everyone's like, well, well, how do you explain the 47 and him drifting apart? Easy. 47 drifted closer to the wall. That's what happened there. The two is going in his lane. He's getting ready to go into, into the turn. The three, he just cleared himself. That's all I saw in this one. That's all that I saw it as. I think NASCAR made the right decision here. And, 
If I'm, RC, if I'm RC, I'd be worried more about why it's one of my cars dominating the race and why is the other one running mid-pack and uh, getting in trouble back there. Are, are you sure that uh, Kozlowski didn't get into the back of one hey. of them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It's funny you bring that up. I just pulled up the consistent point standings. Right now, Austin Dillon sits 29th in points, right behind not only Harrison Burton, but the penalty Chase too. Elliott. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the penalty, too. But still, yeah, I mean, he's... So low in the points compared to his teammate, though. Yeah, that. He's but to your point, though, fourth. Yeah. But to your I point, know, though, Danny, is it was unclear even who was at fault for the wreck. Like you could make an argument either way, and so yeah. and for that reason alone, I don't think you can issue a suspension. Certainly not. You need to be one hundred percent certain who yeah. was at fault and that it was on purpose. There was no chance they were proving that um, either of those in this case. Um, but sucks though for Dylan. Sucks though for uh, especially like, Ricky Stenhouse, it, innocent it bystander. Just, it was just a lot different in the Chase Elliott incident. When the Chase Elliott incident happened, you knew you saw him actually turn yeah. left and go into him. And the SMT data showed also in the um, Cindric deal, like for sure, it showed him lifting right before the in- impact or the the contact. Yeah, like he, had, he was. He had no intention to do that. Yeah, I don't think he was intentionally trying to drive in his right rear. Um, Let's talk about what I called the the B plot, like the subplot to this race. So coming in, plot A is who's going to win, who's running up front, who are the leaders, who's in contention. That's the most important part. But the B plot coming in was Corey LaJoy getting potentially the opportunity of a lifetime to fill in for Chase Elliott, drive for Hendrick Motorsports, and Carson Hosevar, friend of the show, 20 years old, makes his Cup Series debut for Spire on short notice. Uh, neither got the results. I think they were hoping for Carson Hosevar, uh, you know, blew a brake rotor before halfway wrecked out Corey LaJoy really, I don't think he ever cracked the top 20 at best. He was running, I think 21st, which is where he finished. Uh, yep. So kind of a disappointing day for both, but before Hosevar had his brake trouble, he did, I think Danny mentioned this earlier, maybe Jarrett mentioned this earlier. He did drive from 35th up to 16th, but again, before halfway. Uh, so I guess I want to ask, and I'll start with you first on this, Jarrett. Um, was Carson Hosevar's run more impressive or was Corey LaJoy's run more disappointing? Man, see, it's hard with this kind of question because I, I think straight up, I mean, everyone that was watching the race, like that had any, you know, importance to, to say who was doing well was praising uh, Hosevar on how he was running. I, I saw Junior doing that. I saw a couple of broadcasters. Um, so I, I would be inclined to say Hosevar off that, uh, but with LaJoy and I love the shifting goalposts everyone has done all week with, with LaJoy's run. Um, I don't think that necessarily this is the end of the world for LaJoy, uh, but for people to say this wasn't a disappointment is so dumb. In my opinion, it's such a, like a just amateur take as a fan to look at. When we were on this show last week and we asked, like, what is the expectation for Corey LaJoy in this race? It was top 10, maybe top 15. Uh, at one point, he was running slower than the Spire cars, one of which he drives. He was running slower than uh, Rick Ware cars off of speed. He was racing with, like, the 15 and the 78, like, no I also to want to them. mention, you know, he got into the wall slightly during qualifying and he also accidentally hit the kill switch on the initial yeah. start uh, when trying to shift into gear. So he made some maybe pressure getting to him kind of mistakes as well. I, I, it's hard to say what for me that anything was, was more of like a heightened emotion when it comes to either, 
you know, being as impressive as Hosevar uh, or, or anything else, I personally think that LaJoy was more disappointing because, I mean, for years he's talked about, you know, different things and of, uh, of like a smaller team and stacking pennies. And if he had the opportunity in a bigger car, he could run with those guys. Well, he had his opportunity. And the only reason he finished 21st was because of attrition, because there were eight cars mm-hmm. that were out of the race, almost all of which were running ahead of him. Uh, before most of those cars were out, he was between 25th and, and 29th. I like Corey. I think he's a great personality. I think if he had another chance, he probably would do better. But not every driver has afforded multiple chances at a top ride. Though the way Hendrick drivers are dropping like flies this year, he might <laughs> What do you think, yep. uh, Darian? Uh, I'll go the opposite here. I mean, I think Josevar's run was extremely impressive. I mean, like, first off, he hasn't even ran in five Xfinity Series races yet. I think he's only ran in two, or, um, excuse me, three. Um, and has um, showed out in in, um, in uh, two of them on the ovals. Um, but in that Spire car, man, first off, he qualifies ahead of Corey LaJoy by a couple of spots. You know, that has to do a lot for your confidence, right? And then all of a sudden... You know, in the race, he's just, you know, learning the car, you know, how it runs, you know, long term and stuff. And then we have the rain and then we have the um the lightning delay. And then once we get back going and stuff, um, he just kept, you know, on a track that's really hard to pass on. He just kept passing and passing and passing. I mean, you know, one point passes Larson before he got his car together and then, you know, passing some other young drivers like a Harrison Burton, who's been in the cup series for a, a little bit now. And then, you know, you passing, you know, some pretty marquee teams there able to get, I think the highest was either 16th or 15th. 16th. So, okay. So 16th place, damn near in the top 15 in his cup series debut in a last minute debut, by the way, you know, he got the word last second that, Hey, you're going to be driving the seven. So, I, I mean, before that brake rotor issue, I mean, just, just that first stage run alone was extremely impressive to me. And you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say, you know, put him full time in the cup series yet, but from what I've seen so far, it's really get it's really he he's he's really shown me a lot, uh, me a lot. He's shown, you know, the fan base a lot, you know, these past couple of weeks because there was a point where you were like, damn, like what direction is he going? He's doing all this BS in the truck series. But then yeah. you know, you put him in in Xfinity and Cup and he's fine. He's perfectly fine. He races clean, he races fair, everybody hard. So to me, it might just be a truck series issue where, you know, might be having to, you know, go down to the gutters and stuff and kind of doing that stuff. I don't know. It's like because apparently like nobody races with respect in the truck series. I mean, and oh, that's not just according to me. That's according to a lot of the, the truck series field. So in conclusion, Carson Hosevar's uh, Cup Series run, extremely impressive. And I cannot wait for his future. Yeah, with, uh, with Carson, unless he's offered a junior motorsports Xfinity ride next year, if I'm Spire, I got to be thinking that Ty Dillon has had his last final chance at this point. He sat out basically for a year, and then he got another chance with uh, with Petty GMS now Legacy. It's only seven grace for Ty Dillon is that he's only he's only eleven points behind his old ride mm-hmm. at this point, which is kind of <laughs> interesting. Um, but for Ty Dillon, I would say he's a one and done deal in this car. And I would potentially look at Carson Hosevar to take over to 77, even unless he gets an opportunity at like a good Xfinity ride. Yeah. Yeah. That Dale jr. Tweet, I think got a lot of folks attention. Could a host of be a contender for the eight car. If assuming Josh Berry leaves for cup, I think that's possible. Um, I, I, 
I looked at Hosevar's run and said it was very impressive that he drove up to 16th, but he also blew his brakes out faster than anybody else. And <laughs> the team did communicate with them that, hey, yeah, you were pushing a little harder than a lot of than everybody else. Not outrageous. That's what they said, at least. But you were pushing a little harder. So um, I was impressed. But I, I do think maybe his his run was somewhat inflated because the more veteran drivers knew not to push that hard that early and Hosevar didn't. So uh, I was impressed by Hosevar, but I think you definitely have to say the joys day was more of a disappointment. Um, that being said, gateway is arguably Hendrick's worst, worst track on the schedule. They weren't very good here last year and they really weren't that good. At least at first this year, um, short notice, new team, uh, also, you know, midway through the race, right. When you're hoping to make some changes, make some improvements, all the SMT data at the track, all your Wi-Fi goes down. So now you're flying blind, even more blind than you were to begin with. So, you know, on the surface, this looked like a beautiful, amazing opportunity for LaJoy. Underneath, I think it it was certainly more difficult and, than than most of us realized. So I, I don't know if his was, I would say his was probably still a little more disappointing than host of ours was impressive, but it's close. I have a question for you, Eric. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is host of our... Is he the first former double A Cup Series driver to make it to Cup? He might be. So. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations. That, it's not very often I feel old, but that does make me feel old. <laughs> At the same time, flattered though. Uh, I saw some folks in the chat were mentioning that earlier. I wonder if Carson still remembers that. If he probably does. Oh, he does. He like, yeah, I don't sure know if he, he likes does. us oh, bringing um, it up. No, I remember seeing a post from Paul Foddy. He posted on his Facebook. He was Lego NASCAR 88 fan, big in the stop motion days back when you guys were all doing it. And he, Carson was also in some of his stuff too. And he he posted, uh, he he got, you know, took a picture of him. He said it was surreal that one of his old stop motion drivers was racing a cup. And they, they apparently, you know, they did talk about it for a little bit. So he does remember that stuff. That's That's funny. Carson needs to run a, um, I think he was, uh, he signed up for one of uh, Carl Edwards in one of those. I think, I think it was the fast and all. Yeah. So he needs to run a fast (laughs) and all throwback, uh, but it's, it's actually a stop motion. Maybe maybe Brad can just hire him for a third car. Yeah, and there you there go. We go. I like it. Yeah, um, yeah, either way, I hope Corey LaJoy gets another opportunity. He's done enough this year in the seven that proves to me he can race. He's better than 25th place. I think we know that, um, yeah. but just wasn't wasn't what, what he was hoping for. That's for sure. Real quick, before we get into ratings and then get into the famous iceberg poll, uh, I wanted to ask you guys, because yeah, there were the power outages, the broadcast delays and issues, the internet problems. That doesn't, it, it, it sounds like that happened off site. That wasn't something that happened at the racetrack per se, but it's not the first time Gateway has had technical issues. They've had power outages in recent years. They've had internet and broadcast mm-hmm. trouble. So I kind of want to ask the two guys who are there in person, like what can Gateway improve assuming they continue to host cup races? Can I add in to support him? I just want to say, even though I wasn't there this year, the first year I was there for the first cup race. And out of all the tracks that I've worked at, that was the worst internet experience I'd ever had at a race, which was really surprising considering name is Worldwide Technology Raceway. Yeah, dang. Because I was literally getting download and upload speeds of anywhere between one to three megabytes per second. So funny enough, uh, before we get into it, I'll add this. When everything went down and then got rebooted back up, uh, the upload and download speed actually like improved immensely. I think they just needed to like reset the router. Yeah. Like, I, I, <laughs> I swear that might have been all that all it was. Uh, that that that's the problem is I don't know what exactly they would do. I mean, 
I guess an idea would be maybe Verizon one day could follow through with the damn plan they said of putting five G at every racetrack. No. Yeah. yeah wh- where is that, by the way? Like, I, so I, we, I, I, I feel like that was know. just that was just a thing they did it for like one track Daytona because it's actually pretty decent there. Well, it's, I, I'd, I'd like to know because they did pledge to all of it, and NASCAR pledged to it too, and so I'd, I, yeah. that would be a start. Uh, but I, I don't really know because it was. It, what what do you really do to fix your internet? I mean, just turn it on and turn it off and turn it on again. Like I just wonder, like works. like if if they're you know this place hadn't hosted a cup date before until last year, they've had these electrical issues. Let's just say, like, is there anything else about the facility that seems outdated that no, it needs to be renovated? I mean, no, I mean everything seemed up to date to me. I mean, like they they just okay. got on the cup series schedule, so you have to be up to a certain standard, don't you? I guess. Yeah. So, I, I, just mean, I mean, it didn't uh, yeah, look good I, to me. What I did see there last year, um, they had a pretty nice fan experience where basically you got in one time and everything was right there, all the food trucks, everything, and you just kind of go into your seat at that point, kind of like it was a homestead Miami when I went there. Um, so I did kind of like that setup as far as like a, a fan. Uh, experience goes it was pretty nice the way they had it set up there and speaking of some of the hey, hey they had some awesome snacks a lot of ice cream too a lot of ice cream over the weekend so that was I, cool. that. I think the problem is that all, all of the stuff that is a problem with with it is stuff you can't physically see like yes you can see the internet not working on your computer or you can see you know the please stand by sign or whatever they put on fox i don't know what they did because it was out for us uh but I think that's that's the big issue. I I will say I laughed at people saying maybe they should have used Xfinity. It's like yeah, no, no, that would no, be worse. no. And and, want, and the yeah. funniest part to me was they said, oh, we're on AT and T fiber. I'm like, dude, I love AT and T fiber. You are not on AT and T fiber. You yeah, I'm like, I'm like, what type someone of someone snipped the fiber? Now, I mean. now, uh, now, what I was thinking was, okay, maybe there's um, I know for a fact there's different plans. Did they pick the cheapest plan? Maybe, maybe that's I like, all I know is Xfinity. You're on regular AT and T or something. I don't know. Yeah, Xfinity being a premier partner needed to jump on that and say, "Well, this should have should have gone with us." I'm just saying, ah, there's a campus marketing yeah. opportunity that they. Well, yeah. Na- yeah. But we know the NASCAR, truth. We know the truth. NASCAR <laughs> marketing since 2005 in a nutshell completely blow the greatest opportunities. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to dag NAS- dog NASCAR's partner too much here, but there's a reason that pretty much all of this podcast is using fiber and not yep. a partner. Yep. I, I so I I just say maybe that if they're able to work with SMI or ISC, see what they're doing. They don't. Ha- I mean, they don't have these problems. Yeah. They don't have them consistently. That's true. I forgot Gateway is independently owned, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they don't they don't belong to SMI or ISC. So yeah, somehow I kind of just forgot about that. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So I, I mean, they, they they if they want to stay around long term, they especially need to have all the broadcasts working. Cause I know at different points, mm-hmm. like even people at MRN didn't even know if they were live. They just kept rolling. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they, they are so independent. I'm not trying to be weird or nothing, but I keep my, I keep a collection of like all my credentials back there. They were the only track last year that I didn't get like the NASCAR essential pass or whatever. Oh, it, yeah, is. Yeah, it was just right. a thing sent to me from the track that had a painting that was made for the race. So it just said media on it. That's all mm-hmm. it was. It was sent to me from the track. It's kind of weird. Yep. And that was the only track that I got just like an old school credential. Very like old school, I don't yeah. I don't mind out all that stuff. I just want I just want to know like worldwide technology, fix your technology. That's all. Like yeah. that's, that's my yeah. only issue. What do you, you even called... do? Yeah. I don't <laughs> it's, it's it's just weird. It's it's weird how this race is like the one. It's like we we do what we want. 
Yeah, but uh, I see Eric in the chat mentioned IndyCar is racing there on August 27th. Yes, I will be out there for that. Well, I'll I'll try to be. Hopefully, we'll see. Nice. But yeah. Well, real quick, let's talk about the TV ratings. Uh, we're going to notice a trend with these numbers. Uh, 2.16 million viewers tuned into FS1 for this race. Uh, it's a 1.27 rating. Both the viewership and the rating are down 14% compared to this race last year. Uh, there's a number of factors in play here. Uh, like a near two-hour red flag right at the start. That's going to hurt average viewership. TV cutting out briefly midway through. And they had to go to the, the booth where, um, I don't know, they all sounded like just completely caught off guard. Um, definitely those had an effect. But also... Chase Elliott was out and the 14% decrease is pretty well in line with the decreases we saw when Chase said it was out due to injury earlier this year. So I, I don't know, I, I, maybe can we finally confirm that? Yeah, there are two, 300,000 fans out there who won't watch if Chase Elliott isn't racing. So they're so not actually would, NASCAR fans. Yeah. So I was fans. about to say, I was just about to say, you're, I mean, I'll say you're, I, those I, are at points. I was a Dale jr. Fan, not a NASCAR fan. It's not too much yeah. a knock on you. I just, it's, it's one of those, I'll watch NASCAR you know, all the time. It's like, Oh, Chase is out. Uh, oh, what's still going on with the baseball game? And that's how I was as a kid. I mean, I'll yeah. be honest. I yeah. was a Matt, I was way more of a Matt Kenseth fan than a NASCAR fan for a long time. Like, I if Kenseth blew an engine on lap hey, thirty, I tuned out. Us us Dale Junior fans from 09 to twenty twelve, we were forced to be NASCAR fans. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we kind of had to like because you know it was just he was out. He was so out of it early, so we were like, oh, let's just watch the rest of the race. See what happens. I get it. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just think it's interesting. <laughs> we'll just. It's it's just funny because earlier this year, you know, there's always been like another reason potentially as to why the ratings yeah. are down. This time it's yo, well, there was a red flag. It's like so we, but I saw, we still I, we can't okay. confirm if the Chase Elliott effect is real, mm-hmm. but boy, it seems kind of real. I mean, yeah, I, and I, oh good, I don't, I don't, I, I still, I mean, we've seen it on here, and I know it's not a one to one comparison, but like if this stream goes down and we have to restart the stream after even five minutes, we'll lose twenty percent of our viewers. They just won't come back. Like yeah, that's, that's just how it's been. Uh, if we are delayed at the start, that might not be as much <laughs> of an issue if it's 10 minutes compared to two and a half, two hours. Yeah. You have a six hour broadcast that was supposed to fit in a three and a half hour broadcast window. So I, I'm not saying that the chase Elliott stuff didn't have as much of an effect. I'm just saying that you remember the start of the year when chase raced, they were still down. It just wasn't the full 14, 15%. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think I, I, and plus I think you also have to take the uh, new track not being a new track tax off now. Uh, that's true. That's a good point. The novelty's worn off a bit. A little bit. That's true. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I'm hoping uh, Chase Elliott will be back this week. I hope the ratings are a little higher. I also wonder if we'll get a TV commercial. It'd be a little awkward yeah, this hey, time. Hey, where's the, where's the Chase Elliott is back commercials? Hey, man, maybe, maybe I'll make a Chase Elliott is back one, but it'll just be all of his incidents when they, they say he does uh, what he does best. They did put out like a, a tweet kind of about him basically saying like, we need to win. Yeah, no, that, a tweet, I, I that doesn't shock, shock me, I guess. Uh, but on that note, we've been keeping close tabs on the chat tonight, but Jarrett, I guess I should say, Darian, what time is it now? And it's time for the poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Well, uh, I like that you guys can now see the numbers too. So 17% mm-hmm. said this was a great race. Uh, 54 said good. So 71% were in the positive on this one, 21% average. Uh, five below and three bad, so 8% net negative. That's a pretty positive score. Three percent for for number three Austin Dillon fans. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, positive, negative, or meme. Spencer, 
had the first meme. comment. Meme. Uh, meme. Yeah. I think it'll be positive. I think he'll surprise us this week. This comment is experienced uh, experiencing some technical difficulties. <laughs> Please stand by. Yeah, there you go. Come, come, come on, Eric. It's Spencer. He had that ready come to on, go. Bro. I you thought last him. week Spencer actually had a positive, like genuine I think it, comment. Wasn't it like a combined positive slash meme? I feel like yeah, he has maybe. a meme ready to copy, and he might even edit it if it needs to be edited. Yeah. Thank you, Spencer. Yeah, probably. Uh, well, looking at, I'm I'm actually just getting all the comments loaded now, so I don't have to forever wait to get to the gutter. Uh, but looking at the comments section right now there were a good amount of them uh first one from power of the poof who said the last 40 laps of the that race were like running uh slow motion in a dream you can see the end but you just can't quite get there yeah that's a very vivid comparison yeah that's a good one that's a good one it's one of the best ones i've heard uh, yeah, he's Denny Deliver says we must take a moment to blame Darian. His presence at the track not only took out Reddick and Hosevar, it also took out the uh, entire power at the track. Yeah, I did. I did tweet out some pictures of Hosevar. Um, who was it? Hosevar, Logano, Reddick, and Lejoy. Yeah. So, so basically, what happened was Darian was in the media center, and he took my computer and he dragged it to the recycle bin, and that's what happened. I guess. Uh, let's see here. Craig Stevenson says. Uh, that was a great race. I feel like it had a good amount of uh, being hard to pass while still having good hard racing. Don't know what's up with the brake rotor. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because we have four blowouts. So. And this race had one or two of them last year as well. I think it's definitely just a unique to gateway thing. Um, okay. But maybe going forward, they could make some tweaks for this track. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan Lawson says, being there at the track made this one fun to watch. Lots of great battles on track. Nice. Yeah. Let's see what else we got here. I am. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. I am six. The Kyle Bush eight says, I think it's <laughs> safe to say Kyle Bush is back. If he wasn't a championship favorite already, he definitely is now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, NASCAR shill says, thank you, Steve Phelps, Steve O'Donnell and Ben Kennedy. What a great race. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, of course. Let's get into the middle ground here. Uh, Andrew says package needs some fixing and the race took forever, but dear God, mm-hmm. it was fun. I started work at two fifteen. pre-race was on. I got home at nine. The race was still going. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, me and Jerry didn't expect the uh, race to go on too long. Otherwise we it had some plans. Weird, it was, it was taking so long to get going. And I just, I hooked the boat up and I went fishing and I watched the end of the race on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> SMCS racing network says this race needs a new category cursed they'll curse at times definitely. i give that to the indie road course yeah oh gosh uh then let's get back down to the gutter uh yeah. let's see i think i can read them i'll, I'll read the last jr smith says bad race <laughs> the jr smith oh yeah, yeah. totally jr smith uh let's see <laughs> all right Tanner says, I enjoyed it until it started getting stupid. Gray and Bubba breaking their cars, I can understand. But when you had Austin and Ricky crashing and Bell getting spun, it got tedious. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, at, least he, at least he listed his reasons, unlike yeah. a lot of other comments. That's, yeah, that's that was fair. A, yeah. Uh, and then... <laughs> I love... I love when fans Uh-oh. go overboard. Uh, David here says Ford and Toyota are in trouble. How about that trash car? Just park all the Ford teams and let the clown show continue. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> what? Huh. Hey, at least there's still manufacturer loyalty there. Yeah, know? yeah I know. That's I think, nice to see, I, I think. I think somebody's mad that uh, his old, uh, freaking old rebuilt Dodges weren't uh, up front this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn Chevys always are getting favored. All the time. Except last damn. year when Logano won. Them treating the Chevrolets. Yes, the same old talking points. And that's it. And that'll do it for another edition of the famous lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Um, uh, not the lightning round. The, um, the famous God, iceberg. The, face, pole. the famous iceberg pole. It's all right. NASCAR weekly podcast. It's all right. So, in, in is, is, is it bad? Lightning up. Is it, is it bad? I didn't bat an eye or anything. Yeah, it? yeah. I just I had to. It took me a second. And I was like, Jared oh, had the lightning effect ready anyway, so he saved <laughs> you. He right. bailed you out on that one. Um, real quick, let's touch on the Xfinity race. Uh, I want to give Stuart Haas Racing and Cole Custer some credit. We've been hard on both of them this year for good reason. But Cole Custer has been red hot lady, I, lately. I was looking at his numbers. In those last seven races, his average finish is like three and a half. And he just got his first win. Got a little lucky with it, sure, with Kligerman taking the leaders out. But Cole Custer gets the win. Congratulations to him. I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts? First win since 2019 in Xfinity, I should. Oh, no, I not, mean, not first he was year. part. First win of the season. First time since 2019, he's looked like, you know, he's starting to look like a championship contender he, again. He was yeah. part of a hell of a battle during the race, like five different guys. It was like John Hunter, Creed, him, uh, Jordan Taylor was up there, and I'm, I think Allgaier. Um, so he, he was up front the whole race. It wasn't like it was a fluky win. Uh, yeah. Kept his nose mostly clean towards the end. Uh, so I, I, I you got to praise him for it. You know, we're, if we're going to rip him and we're going to rip anyone, SHR, all them, like you said, we got to stay a little consistent with it and also praise them when they do really well. And he did really dang well. Yeah. No, it's cool to see him get a win. Uh, and I assume we all saw the Jeb Burton, Chandler Smith uh, <laughs> altercation hey. on the track, on pit road, and then the uh, social media response. Great job, Chandler Smith. He clearly won that one. That was cool. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. He won the social stretch. media battle. Yeah, it's also media battle, of course. I'm not yeah. sure there was really a winner in the on track or the pit road scuffle. It looked like just no, a lot of because freaking Jeb Jeb Burton was in a freaking he's in a headlock or like a chokehold or something like that, you know. I did yeah, that did happen. Yeah. He, he got to that point, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was you know, I like Jeb Burton fine, Chandler Smith. I think both these guys just have a ton of those are two drivers that are that have a ton of confidence. And, but I didn't like Jeb Burton going to Twitter to be like, yeah, I clocked him. I got him good. He felt my fist. Ask and, his like, ask his wife. She was crying because I hit him so hard. Like that's what he tweeted. And oh, like, what? what? I didn't see that, that part. That's a little unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. that's I, unnecessary. I like, yeah. I'm like, why are you like, like, you let your actions speak for themselves. Don't tell me on Twitter that you're a tough. But guy, why are you bringing like, up the wife though? Come on now, don't be. Because he's S O F T soft. Yeah. And is it just me, or does he just seem kind of salty that he was let go by that team? <laughs> Maybe well, it was interesting. Be, with, yeah. What did Chris Rice? There's a clip they showed where Chris Rice gets in Jeb Burton's face, and what did he say? He said something. He basically him, like, he said something along the lines of like, "Bro, like you did it, basically." You like, well, like I think you I think I heard him say, "You wreck people every week, or you run into people every week." Because in this yeah. case, in to defend Jeb Burton, he did get dumped by Chandler Smith. Yeah, to yes, defend Jeb Burton, I have every right. I I think he had every right to go confront him and be upset. No problem with that whatsoever. It was the social media. The, twi- the tweets that I thought were a little weird, uh, which is why I thought Chandler's re- sort of retort was uh, was hilarious. I mean, yeah. what you have a 19 year old versus like a 32 year old on Twitter. I think the 19 year old is going to win every of single course. time. Of <laughs> Just well deserved. Um, well deserved. 
Some good drama yeah. though out of Portland. Er- uh, er- Eric Murchison, he said the chat Jeb would get clocked in the face by both Ross Justin and Noah Gregson at the same time. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, Xfinity race at Portland. Uh, another seemed like another good event, another great mm-hmm. race. Uh, I know it's a tough race logistically for the teams, but it's put on a good show the last two years, yeah. and the crowd seems to really turn out for it. So, um, I hope that it continues in some capacity. Uh, truck race, real quick. I did not see most of this race. I did see the end when my boy Ty Majeski, who was my pick, man, it looked like he was going for it. He had a shot and got up into Zane Smith, took both of them out. Uh, just overdrove it, got loose, whatever the case may be. Grant Enfinger wins, though. Uh, thoughts? Truck race. Yeah. No, Enfinger. Um, he's looking like a championship contender with each passing race. And also, too, props to Todd Majeski for owning up to that mistake because that was very uncharacteristic of him. He's not the type of driver that makes those types of mistakes like that. And then Zane Smith's comments were even more funny to me because he's basically like, yeah, this is what I get for running in the uh, truck series again. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. everybody, everybody is just, they're getting on the truck series well, this year, can man. You, can you yeah. blame them? This series went from having some of the best racing like five years ago to mm-hmm. nowadays it's like, I would say it is like a trash can. You just, all the trash goes there. Like you have all of these rides because of how bad the money setup is for the teams to where you have a bunch of people that are pay to play. You have a bunch of people then who might be better than what they're in, but they're stuck in that sludge of eighth to 28th. And, and then you got different people who are actually trying to run and uh, well and up front. Like the, the truck series to me is has went from one of the most enjoyable, like every week, one of, if not the most enjoyable race of the weekend to a complete and utter slog to get through because of so many mm-hmm. stupid things. And and it's just going to get worse as the year goes on because it does it every year. And you're seeing it. More people will watch Xfinity races and cup races. You know, I know it's been inconsistent, but then the ratings have consistently been down for the truck series, like all year. And And I hate it because the truck series has such an opportunity to be such a great series and it's completely wasted. Yeah. It's supposed to be the tough, rugged series. That's supposed to be its identity. Instead, it is turned into a lot of 20 year olds driving in over their head. Who is it that just like dumped Haley Deegan in this race? Just, Oh, uh, Nick, Nick Sanchez. It was Nick Sanchez. That's right. And actually I think Nick has talent. I think he's shown some great stuff this year, but like you just get moments like that. Even the best drivers in the series, like Nick Sanchez, Mm -hmm. just, like maybe it was retaliation for something, but like, what the what was that? Well, no, like, he apologized was, to Bob Pockers afterwards. He apologized. Yeah, well, then, it was, like, then, yeah. then what? That was, was, yeah. was a well, it, bad mistake. Are there like yeah. fumes like, uh, that come out of the trucks that just make the drivers just go? Bzz. I don't know, I, man. I, I like the idea that Colby Howard had. He quote tweeted one of my tweets from earlier. He said they should just put all the truck guys on one channel, on one radio channel during the races, and see what happens. Just let them talk to each other the entire race. Oh boy, that'll be funny. That would be hilarious. I think we need to have a betting pool on which thing would be said the worst to get them suspended because it would turn into a Call of Duty lobby. Oh, it would it would just be COD lobbies. It, I would not want people to be listening in on that. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, we'd have to close those channels off very quickly. Yeah. Very, very quickly. Um, but that was the truck race. Yeah, Grant Enfinger, uh, the veteran, making an early championship favorite case. Uh, but yeah, Gateway Portland, good stuff this weekend. I uh, want to say real quick, you know, think about everyone out in the Northeast, uh, the, uh, the weather, the, um, 
smoke and haze from the fires up in Canada, seeing some of the photos, that's some just insane stuff. So I hope everyone's doing okay. Um, the weather here on the NASCAR weekly podcast though, is uh very stormy. The weather is the wind is starting to shift back and forth. Darian, what time is it? And it's time for the lightning round, the famous lightning round of the NASCAR weekly podcast. Jared, what do we have on tap for tonight? Uh, we got a little bit and it, it's kind of crazy as you know, we're talking about weather too. And I actually, um, I took an, a last minute sneak peek of the weather for this weekend. And it's very interesting. Um, I will, I will put it in the itinerary and show you guys, but as a lightning round, we got a couple things here, some sponsor stuff, some track stuff, some, uh, theft. Uh, so FedEx is close to striking an extension with JGR and Denny Hamlin for 2024, according to Adam Stern. Uh, no word on anything after 24, but for now there is extension talks and they seem to be coming pretty close to an end, uh, in a good way this time. Winston is going to reconnect with NASCAR with different upcoming activations at the track. This also from Adam Stern. Uh, this one I had sent to me by uh, a friend in the Chicago area. Uh, but two motorized carts and some equipment that's being used to build the grandstands for the Chicago street race have been stolen. <laughs> and that was on local Chicago news. So I'm not just going out there and finding this stuff. Like it's out there. Uh, Andy Lally will be running five road course races for Rick Ware. Uh, there will be, and he will be in the 15 for Sonoma, according to Bob Pachris. Uh, Amazon is also in talks of making a documentary on NASCAR's Garage 56 entry and how it does everything about that. Very interesting. Yeah, apparently, they've been shooting on that. Uh, they've been shooting that for almost a year now. So it's going to wow. be like a full immersive. They've got. I was, was going to say. Bases. I was going to say they better be past just talks because like it's happening now. Better be in their film. Let's be real. Amazon's going to be on this next deal. Uh, it, yeah. I think it's becoming increasingly clear. It's just the, the question is how much. Uh, and last but not least, we're going to end on a fun fact. So I've been rewatching the 2009 NASCAR season because uh, I'm a masochist as a junior fan. Uh, but I saw that NASCAR man had tweeted this, that on this day, 14 years ago, NASCAR debuted the double file shootout style restarts at Pocono. That's what they called it at the time. It oh, was wow. Bill Weber with his nasally ass voice going before he got arrested uh, in New Hampshire <laughs> going uh, NASCAR having double file shootout style restarts. And they would just, they said that I swear all through TNT's run and into the ESPN one. And then finally, NASCAR's like, just call it double file restarts. Like, crap. <laughs> uh, but that happened 15 years ago today. And now we have the choose cone. I just yeah. added elements. The restarts continue. Yeah. To change. Double that's, file that's choose wild. cone shootout style yeah. restarts. Style restarts. Presented by Credit One Bank. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be the lightning round. And that'll do it for this edition of the famous lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. And now back to the show. Oh, we could make this a weekly segment at this point. But uh, speaking of lightning round, uh, another team was zapped by a massive penalty. This time it's Eric Jones legacy motor club hit with an L one penalty for illegally modifying the greenhouse area on the car. Same deal that Byron and Bowman got in trouble for a couple months ago. Don't know if they modified the exact same part, but it's the same region area of the car, likely looking for some sort of arrow advantage. It's an L one penalty. So Jones will lose 60 driver and owner points. Uh, will also lose five uh, driver owner playoff points. Should they make the playoffs? 
$75,000 fine. Dave Ellens, the crew chief, is out the next two weeks. Uh, as of this afternoon, at least, I haven't checked since the show started, but Legacy has not yet confirmed whether they will or will not appeal. I don't think Hendrick appealed the penalties, and uh, so they just took it. Um, I don't know what Legacy Motor Club will choose to do. This knocks Eric Jones back to 30th in points. Somehow, though, he's still 40 points ahead of his teammate, Noah Gregson. So I can see you shaking your head there, Darian. I think we're on the same wavelength here. Legacy Motor Club just needs to get to the offseason, right? This year's over. This year's a wash. Just just Guang, get to Toyota, right? Guangdong Motor Club. Yes, but yeah, exactly, Danny. All right, first off, again, similar to Storhaas Racing, like, why are y'all doing this? I mean, like, first off, you're caught cheating again, and then you're still running terribly. Like, it's a... It's such a horrible look, man. At least if you're if you're gonna get caught cheating, at least you know do somewhat decent. But Legacy Motor Club, man, this is like I mean, look after the season, I don't think anyone was like expecting them to be like a championship contender by no means. But you were expecting some progression, you know, based off of Eric Jones last season, and you were like, okay, now you're bringing Jimmy Johnson into the fold. Hey, could be better, right? No, this is. This has to be historically one of the worst starts to any for any NASCAR Cup Series team. I, I'll have to do I'll I'll have to do some more research on that, but I think it is. I think it's one of the worst starts for any Cup Series team in NASCAR history, and that's a pretty long history. I, I, I saw someone mention this in the chat. I confirmed it for myself. I want to give Eric Jones some credit. He did win uh, at Berlin tonight in his home state of Michigan. Wait, so did, I, did, he, did he win or Eric Davis win? Yeah. I, yeah, the local news apparently did call him Eric Davis. Yeah, uh, the local news <laughs> called him Eric Davis, y'all. Swear to God. Eric Davis, race car driver. <laughs> That's what it says on the Man, headline. Jesus Christ. Man. Like, like, how do you, like, I could see maybe you got, you spelled his name wrong, like his first name wrong. How do you get the wrong yeah. last name? Yeah. But yes. Legacy, Legacy Motor Club, they can't wait for 2024. And even though Gregson, no Gregson let this slip in his post race. I think what he meant to say was he can't wait for the bye week, but he accidentally said, I can't wait for the off season. Are I we, think he accidentally. Are we sure I, he slipped? I, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think he can't wait for the I mean, off season. I mean, look, some people were on, on social media were like, oh, I think that was an accident. But then I'm like, uh, maybe he said that very convincingly, though. So I mean, hey, sure. hey, you know what? We were just talking about 09-2010 junior fandom, and I can tell you by like race 16, I was waiting for the off season too. So. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine how that team must feel because first off, it's like um, it's basically a brand new team because you know Jimmy Johnson fired a lot of people and stuff and brought his own people in. So you know they have out. to be thinking like I know they have to be thinking like, well, damn, like I, hey, you know, we can't wait. I mean, let's just wait until twenty twenty four, I guess. Oh boy. They just it's it's weird because they're kind of basically waiting for the off season so they can clean reset, bring in Toyota, get that it's, new support. It's still, but, we still have so much season left. Well, there's that, but also they just went through a clean reset because of like you said, Jimmy Johnson bringing his people in. The problem is this last off season they didn't really need a reset. Like mm-hmm. Eric Jones had won the Southern 500 at the end of last season, was consistently they, running in the they, top ten. They got top rid of Ty Dillon. Like, yeah, well, if that <laughs> arguably that was a good decision, I suppose. But uh, you know, overall, like this reset, that's what I'm saying. This reset sounded good. It just came at a bad time. I would have rather seen what Petty GMS with the momentum they had built at the end of last season, what they could do this year. And I'm sure Jimmy and friends didn't think this would be such a huge bump in the road this early. Hell, Jimmy Johnson, having really talked about him much, he can barely complete a lap when he's driving one of these cars. Like it just Hey, the, just couple- appreciate that he's here, damn it. Just appreciate these. Don't have expectations for a seven-time champion. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he, I, I, he, he could still be playing an Indy car and whatever the sports cars he was in. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think last week or whatever it was where they all broke uh, radiators or whatever at like the exact same time. That was just like a sign from God that it's like, it just hey, it's just done. flip it's the done. calendar. Happy New Year. It's 2024. Just hibernate until then. Yeah. So then <laughs> so then if they so let's say they like struggle this badly in 2024. Like, would you say like, oh, it's just ownership at that point? Like, all right, well, Jimmy, like that's enough. No, <laughs> if, no, if, as long as they show improvement, like even like they need to be close to 2311's level okay. their first year. Well, like I, we're, we're I would I'd even compare it to Michael Waltrip Racing. I mean, they they initially went with Dodges and Chevrolets, had to do a clean reset with the COT, and they were historic. I mean, I think Michael Waltrip didn't have positive points that year until like race twelve or fifteen or something. Um, but they built themselves up to be a championship contender, and I don't see Jimmy, you know, forging ahead of Spingate. Uh, wait, so wait, I thought I thought uh, NWR was always with Toyota. Uh, no, Michael Walter. Michael Walter had the double zero car, the Aaron Stream Machine back. In the oh, 2000s. you're talking about you talk about. Okay, yeah, he did have that. Yeah, yeah, it's very brief. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very... they they were very part time, but they did go full time with Dodge in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, this what I'm talking a, about. I can pull a stat a, out of my ass from 15 years ago, that, but I can't tell you that what was a today. collab with Bill Davis. I think I don't think it was actually yeah. his full time yet. Well, they were like collaborating, I guess. So I guess you could sort of yeah. count it, but, but, but yeah, it, but it, yeah, it, under ownership, I believe like it was, I don't know how it goes. All I'm saying is, is it could be a very similar the, thing. It the technically wasn't guys all Jimmy are Johnson's trying to team. remember. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. technically not all Jimmy Johnson's team. That is true. It's a GMS team collaboration mm-hmm. too. It's the same thing. Um, so I, I think that, you know, I, I, I think that it, even if they're bad next year, as long as they get better as the year goes on and have, you know, some semblance of life, maybe it'll be better, but uh, we can view it better, but it's just, this has to be, in my opinion, the most disappointing team of the year. Oh, without question, without question. And, and honestly, I mean, like, and again, it's not like the team was uh, coming off of like a a season where they made the playoffs. They just improved a lot in, uh, in 2022 compared to 2021. If, if there were then... 14, 15 winners in the regular season, I believe Eric Jones, I, I can't remember where exactly he was, but I, I want to say he was like top 15 in points for a, he a was good up part there. of the season. Yeah, he was up there. I mean, but yeah, unfortunately now he's got to go through this uh, little rebuild and stuff, but hopefully they'll show some signs of improvement next year. But uh, unfortunately you still have about, I don't know, six months to go in the season or four months or third, five months, whatever it is. But I want to address this real quick in the chat. Kane fan says, I guess we're just brushing off uh, Eric Jones's crew guy getting hurt. Hope all is well with him. Uh, you know, didn't mean to do that, but he, I mean, they yeah. did uh, confirm Monday that he's out of the hospital uh, and seems to be doing okay. Now, so we do there, want to mention that. I think his name was Thomas was Hatcher. It, was it JGR? Did they lend someone to come in and, and help them the rest I think, of the day? I think 2311 did. It's a, it, So Eric Jones's team is a JGR pit crew, apparently, but legacy leases from JGR. Um, so uh, Thomas Hatcher, I guess, is technically a JGR guy. But yeah, no, I didn't mean to gloss over that. But yeah, the most recent reports we got were that he is home from the hospital yeah, as good. of like Monday yeah. and seems Recovering. to be doing well, which is great to hear, which is good yeah. to hear. Um, I guess we can move on real quick because we do still have to get to our top 75 driver list. Um, but before we do that, uh, Montreal was in the news uh, earlier this week. I think it was Adam Stern reporting, or no, it was uh, who was it reported? Was it Adam Stern? I didn't write it, it down. Was, it, was, it, was hey, it was Stern today. One of his uh, famous Stern bombs dropped today. Uh, Stern bomb. This is like a Stern grenade, you know, something a little smaller because yeah. it's still a maybe. Hey, but it feels it like, like feels like a bomb to me because I've been waiting for this for years. Come on, Montreal is in talks. Like I just wanted to see another Xfinity race here, let alone a Cup race potentially. 
Well, let me well, get I to think... the news, the actual news. Mon- <laughs> Montreal is in talks with NASCAR to potentially host a Cup Series race as soon as even next year, potentially. Um, this would technically be a street race. Uh, how do you say the name of the track? Circuit Gilles Villeneuve? Yep, mm-hmm. Gilles Villeneuve. Is it I Circuit should... or is it like Circuit de or something? What is if, it? Uh, uh, you know, there's Circuit If, de, if de, she de, was de, here, de, I'd de, ask something. my girlfriend who speaks fluent French. Yeah, uh, I'm not good the, at French. The the Villeneuve in the name though is that related to the to the racer? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. It's the yeah. It's after um. It's um after it's, him. Yeah, it's Jacques Villeneuve's father is who it's named. Yes, after, his correct? famous father. Yes, yes, his famous father. If he don't show up to race, I'll be surprised because he was in every single race I think there ever mm-hmm. was there in NASCAR. Where, where is Jacques Villeneuve now? Is he how old is he? Does he still race at all? Uh, he, he was at Daytona last year. Yeah, he, he was at yeah. Daytona last year. Remember? Oh yeah. I forgot <laughs> about that. I just forgot about that whole team Hesberg and all he, that stuff. Wait, I forgot he, that was he, a thing. Yeah, he was up to twenty seven. Is that what it was? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Shoot, my bad. <laughs> Don't worry. He was very forgettable see, in that race. See, Fever dream. Yeah. But now that is someone who I would like to see in Project 91, potentially, if that happens. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to see that. But this track, I feel like it's a no-brainer. NASCAR, great job. Get this deal done ASAP. You know, we've been talking about for years trying to get a race out of the country, you know, let alone a points race, like a Cup Series race at, um, and in Montreal, too. I mean, this circuit has been proven to uh, put on spectacular racing in the old nationwide series days when they would run a uh, um, one of their uh, one-off weekends there. Um, and then also, too, I mean, it, just look at the Formula One races, man. Like, the fans are loyal, man. And they were pretty loyal just for nationwide races back in the day. So I, I think this is going to be a, a smash hit success. Yeah, I mean, um, the main question is, uh, what track do you uh, replace it with, though? That's the main question. Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking that, too. It could be Chicago. If Chicago or, becomes too big a headache, they can't keep doing it. Well, the the problem with the Chicago stuff is that by the time that the city were to say no to it, because they have like that 90-day or 120-day window or whatever, a NASCAR would have to have a schedule finalized. And since Chicago has not mm-hmm. done anything so far and the schedule is going to be finalized before they probably put something in, there will be a Chicago street race put on the schedule. Whether or not it's run is the question. I think... Now, I don't think it'll be on this point in the schedule because of the time of year, but I think this is the race that NASCAR uses in the spot of Auto Club, personally. There's an open spot in the schedule yeah. right now. NASCAR needs to push uh, ahead. They want a street race. They, I, I think, you know, I know it's not an ISC track, but it's a one-year deal, and it's a way to push back into that market. I, I, it, it wouldn't fit in Auto Club's date, but it I, could. I just said that. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, you'd have to you have to bump everything, slide a bunch of things forward. No, we could do our ice we... race, the ice race that never happened. Uh, we'll do that the, at uh, in Montreal. There you go. Oh my gosh, Goodyear's trying to make a soft tire that wears. You think they have the time to make an ice tire? They need to live. Look, no, no tires. I I want uh, like tank tracks in the back, and I want little like ski mobile little sleds on it. Yeah, Denny delivers tweeted this earlier, and I found this hilarious. He said, like, oh, yeah, this is the perfect time for them to set it on the 4th of July weekend day. I'm like, oh, God, in Canada. <laughs> Canada. Yeah, I'm like, oh. that'd be oh, a fair. Please rise for old Canada. Oh, my gosh. That'd be funny. Yeah, so go to Waffle love... House after you go to Tim Hortons. <laughs> I do love the idea of Canada getting a race, especially yeah. at a legit yes. venue like this. I don't know. How many viewers? We have almost 600 folks watching currently uh, how many of y'all live north of the border do we have any canadian fans watching and i'm pretty if so, sure i'm pretty uh, sure, I'm sure there's a good handful but how many of y'all would go to or would want to go to montreal i asked the chat would you like to see montreal on the schedule I, and they mm. they overwhelmingly said yes no surprise 
I need I a reason know. to I need a reason to go get my uh uh passport anyway. So yeah, yeah, be a good excuse. Darren, why'd you comment I'm from Canada? Are you from Canada? Were you born in Canada? <laughs> I do a bit of trolling. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's just some. Uh, yeah, that's a good number. That's a good handle yeah. from Canada. Yeah. Someone from Buffalo, New York, which I guess isn't oh, too far. Somebody said July 1st is uh, Canada's Independence Day. Oh, well, my the gosh. Su- the Sunday, Ooh. if they race you know, on a Sunday like normal, it'd be June 30th, I believe they could do, and then still do the 4th yeah. of July week, the first weekend of. Uh, of July cool. that's what they used to do I mean because Chicagoland for the last two years was on the 4th of July weekend and it was like July 8th or July 7th uh so they could probably do that Interesting. two street races yeah. in a row possibly yeah let's do it yeah. race that's from cool. Chicago to Montreal that can be the street race <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just just have some people set up at a few gas stations ready ready to get you top, topped off there you go yeah exactly well, uh, yeah, I think we all here would love to see Montreal back uh, at the expense of what race. Don't exactly know what makes the most sense yet. I, I'm not quick. To, I, I, I hate, like, I can't be quick to write off Chicago until we've seen it. I know everyone assumes it seems it's like it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a one and done, but we don't know yet. I've so until Chicago, we've actually seen I, I just, Chicago. I guess yeah, that's the politics here. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I'm worried well, about. Chicago politicians got the race to happen once, so it could happen again. That's my only no, point. No, but... no, Beetlejuice got it to happen once. Well, she the was a politician, and and, and that was and that was really her getting it done because a lot of people didn't know it was happening. I, I'm I'm just saying Chicago I'm not going to write off the race until we've seen it once in a horrid, horrid way. Uh, on that note, let's not on that note. This has nothing to do with that whatsoever. But moving <laughs> on, I should say, uh, top. We're changing the drivers. subject. Changing Change the, the subject. subject, our top 75 drivers, the podcast's official list continues on. Uh, we're, uh, we've are we made it now to number 60 through 56. Uh, so we're getting into some pretty mm-hmm. some pretty big names. We're starting to get, you know, we're, we're closing in, let's say, on some NASCAR Hall of Famers. I think we've had a few NASCAR Hall of Famers on the list, but we're starting to get into some of the, the true legends of the sport that uh, won dozens and dozens of races, won some big, big races as well. Um, so let's start off, uh, Jarrett, I don't know if you have the graphics ready. I assume you do. Um, yep. so we'll start with number 60, uh, Leroy Yarbrough. Mm. He actually mm. drew drops because he was in the original top 50 and we brought him down to 60. Yeah. So he got yeah. bumped by some of the more modern drivers, uh, 14 time cup series winner. Uh, he also won, I believe he was the first driver to win what they called the triple crown in 1969. Mm-hmm. He won mm-hmm. the Daytona 500 the world 600 and the Southern 500 in the same season. Uh, I don't have my list pulled up, so I don't know where I had him, but, uh, and I can't 59. see the, the game. I did 59. Okay. So that sounds about right. As, That's yeah. As far as him as a driver, honestly, he was really good, but um, his career ultimately cut a little short from some, some accidents that, you know, yeah, just, very tragic. It messed him up. And uh, I did a video on this. He has a dark mm-hmm. side to him. Um, just, he was kind of not all the way there. People said he, he just seemed like he would zone out a lot. Uh, Junior Johnson often recalled like being at dinner and he just had to look at him and say, Leroy, eat your food. Cause he would just zone out. And then one day he was uh, there with his mom. And I forget how old she was at the time, but older lady and just walks up and starts choking his mom. And uh, she was yeah. saved by, by a nephew of him. I think that came in and sm- smacked a jelly jar over his head, knocked him out. And uh, ultimately, he lived out the rest of his days in an institution. Yeah, so certainly yeah. one of those sad cases of like you know just you know an athlete where like you know you know makes it to the professional level has you know some head injuries and then you know after 
he's done yeah one 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 thing i looked up that i thought was cool is that he did you know with his 14 wins and and getting as high as he did in the sport uh he did all that while never driving a full season or finishing higher than 15th yeah. in points yeah point. and in his few races i mean he was extremely competitive that's why i had him so high on this list that's why i had him at 53 because yeah. i yeah. mean seeing some of the competition he raced too that was like was like wow I mean, yeah. he he was he was really good. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he got to honestly be before Kale Yarborough, no relation to him. Before <laughs> before him, he was the flagship guy for Junior Johnson for for when it first started. Yeah, helped build that team. Deserving of a spot in the top sixty, actually. Uh, but we yeah. can move on now to number fifty nine. Marvin Panch mm-hmm. was a 17-time NASCAR winner, won the Daytona 500 in 1961, also won the World 600, the Coke 600, in 1966. And looking at our rankings, we had we, we were all very consistent, it appears. 55, 57, 57, 57, mm. 58. There you go. Uh, so somehow, wait, how does that make him 59th? We, we, hold on, how did this add wait, up? The, the math isn't mathing here. <laughs> others, others uh, I'll just say it's others peaked higher without going as low. I see. Uh, I guess that makes there sense. You go. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, another deserving driver on the list. I think another kind of pioneer of NASCAR. Oh yeah, and some of the teams he drove for. I mean, some of the most historic teams. I mean, he drove for Petty Enterprises at one point, and I believe he drove for the Wood Brothers at one point, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, and did, also, yeah. yeah, and also a you know Smoky Eunuch, um, you know, um, as well, you know, and AJ Foyt he um raced with as well. So yeah, you know, it's overall amazing career for just. Over just a little over 200 starts over 15 years. That's pretty good. Yeah, and 17 wins, uh, all between 1956 and 66. And I think uh, who did he finish second to in 1957 for the championship? I feel, I feel like around that time it would have been the right towards mm-hmm. the end of Lee Petty or yeah, Matt I was thinking Jarrett Lee Petty or yeah, me, let me, yeah. Let me look that up. For yeah, yeah. Darian, look that look that up for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So Buck Baker, he finished second. Uh, okay. Pretty good competition. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So yeah, at the race against the that. best for sure. Yeah. yeah, Marvin Panch, I think deserving. Uh, 59th. We all had him right there inside the top 60. Uh, so that's pretty great. Uh, moving on to number 58. Oh Ryan yeah. Ryan Newman, the Rocket yes. Man. 18-time winner. Uh, I don't know how many polls he won. I didn't write it down, but he won a lot, especially early in his career. Won the Daytona 500 in 08, the Brickyard 400 in 2013. He was an all-star winner before it was called the all-star race. Uh, He was also a rookie of the year. I made sure to note that back in 2002. Had a tremendous start to his career. Uh, Yeah. What do you think? I was about to to say, I know you didn't have it in there, but the polls alone should be why he makes his list. Yeah, 51 career polls. That's a lot. I didn't realize it was that high. Holy crap. Yeah, but, but th- thinking of math, not mathing, Darian, you brought him down being 62nd. The rest of yeah. us are all pretty consistent. Yeah, you know, I, you know, obviously the polls are, you know, a good thing. You know, obviously, you know, um, has mo- one of the most in NASCAR history or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It's just never really like, you know, well, he was never really like a true championship contender in a sense, really, you know, outside of maybe, you know, some like spark ups here and there and stuff. He was in the championship career. He nearly Matt Crafton. Yeah. Let, let's be honest. All of us thought that 14 to 16 system was a come joke. On. Yeah, yeah, come on, man. But yeah, you know, technically, yeah, he was a championship contender that year. But I mean, still a great career. And obviously you guys thought him, um, he was higher. So that's why he's so high on See, this list. And these, these numbers are and counting because he is still active in the nascar cup that series is yeah. true. <laughs> I'm totally gonna win a poll for rick Ware. uh <laughs> but I, i'll say this though the, that that time between like 2000 
two, and I would say 2007 was, I, I don't have the numbers right on me, but that was around when it felt like that, you know, his dominance on Fridays uh, was starting to wane a little bit. Uh, but he would go out on the track and you'd just be like, all right, let's hear a Penske Dodge just scream more this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was honestly amazing the- to see. And, and he uh, he very much deserves the nickname Rocket Man. Absolutely. There is a reason that in the in NASCAR 2005, while he didn't make the cover, Harvick made the cover, there's a reason that they made him almost the guy that should have been on the cover because he was like the main guy you started with in the career mode. If any race you went into, he's probably on the pole. He's probably the most dominant car in that game. There's a reason they put his stats up so high because he was really good in that like, time period. And, and also people forget back in the early 2000s, there was a whole debate going on who would win a, uh, a Cup Series championship first, Ryan Newman or Jimmy Johnson. Well, he, I mean, they were, he was instrumental yeah. in 2003. He's one of the two drivers, and we'll talk yeah. about the other later in this list, who was instrumental in the formation of the chase because of his eight wins, even though he had like seven DNFs, I have to... I, I have to, you know, Darren, you might want to double check me on that, but he had a, a, a large amount of, of DNFs on top of a large amount of wins. Uh, and a lot of fans at the time didn't like that winning and apparently didn't mean enough. Uh, and so he is like NASCAR history, you know, might have gone in similar ways, but without Ryan Newman's 2003 season, I don't think that they get as quick to the draw on uh, these chase era. Hey, there was a lot of black and yellow NASCAR shells in 2003, so. Napa Racing Fan points out also in the chat that he did win with three different teams, Penske, Stuart Haas, and RCR. That is true. Help get Stuart Haas off the ground, too. Harder to pass than a damn kidney stone. Uh, Honestly, I got to say, his his few wins he had of RCR are more impressive looking back on it because RCR was struggling at that time period. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, they weren't really the best, but yeah. 50. Uh, moving on from Ryan Newman uh, to one of NASCAR's uh, kind of original superstars, one of the flamboyant drivers. drivers as yes, well. colorful uh, personality to say the very least. Tim Richmond, we have clocked in at number fifty-seven. I had him at fifty-two, um, but a uh, thirteen-time winner, uh, also won the Southern Five Hundred. We're a lot more split on this list. I had him at fifty-two, but like Darian, you had him up mm-hmm. at forty-eight. Let me tell y'all uh, something. Let me tell y'all yeah. something. If he had lived on. And uh, yeah. and uh, kept progressing in his Cup Series career. I believe this um, with my heart, wholeheartedly. I believe that Dale Earnhardt would not have seven championships. Ooh, he would. He yeah. was the man, bro. And that '86 season was um, not only his peak year, but man, he was giving Dale Senior the business during that season. And like eight that. was '86 his final like real full season. So yeah, yeah, because then obviously um, around that yeah, time he had, had, had the, the AIDS yeah. diagnosis and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. But always, uh, always the, the the funny guy when he when he was there, jokester. I'm going to ask y'all a question. Was it a finger? Was it what? the finger? Was it the finger? <laughs> the photo? No, the photo. The infamous photo. Did y'all see Noah Gregson a few weeks ago at Wilkesboro? Looked like he was sort of yeah. sort of trying he, to. He, he was trying yeah. to do a more yeah. PG uh, reference to that mm-hmm. infamous I, photo. I've seen the photo. I don't think it's a finger. Maybe personally. <laughs> I haven't. Stu- I can't say I've studied it too closely. There's yeah. there's a reason that wasn't his profile pick on this list. Yeah. Uh, but, but but one thing yeah. I, I will say about him too is he very much uh, was like that movie star personality yeah. driver, the partier, mm-hmm. the you know the jokester, fun one. But he could back it up on track. And 
One interesting thing that not a lot of people know is that when NASCAR was trying to keep him out because of his diagnosis, Dale Earnhardt actually came to his defense to Bill France Jr. Uh, and said that I want somebody out there that can beat me, and he's the only one that can. Mm-hmm. So could at the time because in eighty seven, in nineteen eighty seven, Richmond didn't run all the races, but Dale Earnhardt had like one of his greatest seasons ever, and partly uh, partly because Richmond wasn't out there, you know, consistently, but. Um, one moment that um or um, no excuse me um what um really stands out to me um was Tim Richmond's final two wins and they came in 1987 when he uh decided to come back later on in the year so both Pocono and Riverside now um keep in mind you know he was you know obviously his um his um case uh, with AIDS was full blown at this point so he straight up won two races not only at Pocono but at um, at a freaking Riverside, a freaking um, um, one of the toughest road courses on the schedule at the time, um, you know, straight up and stuff too. And he, you know, he was all sick and stuff. So again, just imagine if he just didn't get sick, man, just, oh, he clearly would have been a champion. Definitely could have yeah. one of those. What ifs, no doubt. Uh, 57 on our list is Tim Richmond. Our last driver we'll talk about tonight is number 56, Casey Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. 18 time cup series winner. He also won rookie of the year, uh, in 2004. Uh, he also was, uh, he loves Charlotte three time Coke 600 winner, 2006, 2008 and 2012. Uh, also won, uh, Indianapolis in 2017. Uh, was that his final cup win Brickyard 2017? The, the, the brick, the brickyard yeah. was his final win. Yeah. Ar- arguably you can say that was the flukiest win ever because it <laughs> had a lot of crashes at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. That was, a, I remember watching that race. Uh, that was painful Crazy. at times. Um, but Casey Kane, yeah, I think, uh, deserving of being on that list. And we heard him recently say at Darlington that he's, he'd considered, uh, a NASCAR comeback at some point. Uh, now that some of his like health uh, issues, dehydration issues, seem to be more under control. But I would, I would I like to see him. Likely that we I would see like to come. see him come into like a truck race or something like that. At this yeah, point. maybe like a KBM one-off or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, and I'm looking at our rankings. Nothing super shocking. We all have him in the low to mid 50s, which is mm-hmm. about where he lines up here. Um, I don't know. Does anybody have so, any like? argument against or for him <laughs> well, i don't know about argument but i'll say that casey kane was the first driver i ever saw win in person back in 2006 at michigan right oh. out in the click oh, car cool. uh the thing about kane for me is you know he would have moments of greatness He was like an amped up version of of jamie mcmurray where he would just if he was on he was damn near unbeatable especially at mile and a halfs but then when he was off, he was really off. And I think that's where people get the skewed look at Kane. People forget in 2012, he was up in the, the fringes of the championship fight almost to the end of that season in a Hendrick Motorsports car. Uh, I believe he finished fourth in the points. He, he was fast as well in 2013, had great runs, especially I believe that Atlanta win uh, in two thousand. 14 to make the chase in the first win and you're in. So he had great moments. I just, I feel like people just forget those great moments for the bad ones. Yes. Yeah, like, I don't know the way some fans talk about him now, like, Oh, he's a bum. Like, no, he's not. He's one of the greatest drivers in NASCAR history. I mean, that's why, like, I was like so confused when like, you know, Kyle Petty, um, when he, um, when he compared Ryan Blaney to Casey Kane, people were like, taking offense to it it's like no it's a pretty damn good comparison you know i mean never won a championship but 
I mean, yeah, when he was on, oh my gosh, he was, he was certainly one of the best. I mean, and did it with multiple teams too. I mean, I mean, obviously we, um, we uh, want to talk about his years with Hendrick Motorsports and Ray Everham, but I mean, that one year he ran with Red Bull. I was like, you know, he gave Red Bull their final uh, he, win in NASCAR. Still got to win so, with them. Yeah, still got to win with them somehow, you know. And that was an awesome scheme, by the way. It's a shame it only ran one year, but yeah, and, you know. It, and then he he ran at the end of 2010. He actually finished with Red Bull driving the remainder of the races in the 83 and Eric oh, Almarola. Yeah took over the nine Budweiser car towards the end of that season. Yeah, and also he was the first driver to give Richard Petty his first cup win in like decades, too. It was always so interesting. Hendrick announced he was coming to the five in, like, 2010. Mm-hmm. All right, so so yeah, you knew, but but you but you knew it's like okay, in two years he's gonna come here, kind of like the deal with Reddick was supposed to be. Yeah. But then it was like okay, but I'm out of the nine and I need something to do. So he just showed up. He did one year of Red Bull. And I don't remember if Red Bull knew that that was gonna be their last season or not. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, hey, Casey Can, I got him at 52 because he is one of the best. Not quite in the top 50, but hey, you know, still in in, in my top 75. We got sure. him in the mid 50s, yeah, for sure. So uh, to wrap up one more time, Leroy Yarbrough, we have at 60, Marvin Panch 59, Ryan Newman at 58, 57, Tim Richmond, and 56. Casey Kane, join us next week. We'll break down numbers 55 mm-hmm. through 50 slowly, but surely ladies and gentlemen, we're working our way through our top 75. Yes. Um, it's been a lot of fun so far, but now boys, we are nearing the top of the hour, almost two hours into the show. I think it's time we talk about Sonoma or as Ooh. I still call it sometimes Infineon raceway. Cause or what about, what about Sears point for older I, fans? I don't go the quite that far back, but uh, the video games I played growing up, it was still Infineon. So, mm-hmm. um, Infineon, that was the name of a company, right? Yeah, I believe it was a sponsor. Yeah. I don't know what Infineon, Infineon does or did. If they're still around, I don't know. But it was a cool name. I thought that was w- a cool name for a track. Wine country. Yeah, Way better than country. Worldwide Technology Raceway, at least uh, in my opinion. I don't know. I've, uh, Infineon is a technology company making semiconductors oh. and oh. other <laughs> systems. Huh. They're all, it's all Worldwide Technology. <laughs> um. Well, on that note, let's get into the details. Uh, it's worth noting, once again, no stage breaks this weekend on road yes, courses. Yes. Yeah, so we'll get to see that for the second time this year. Uh, rain tires, of course, are always available if needed, although it's California. I haven't looked at the weather. Maybe the weather is terrible. It, it is California. I feel confident uh, saying the weather will be all right. Uh, uh, well, let's start with the Xfinity Series race. Uh, it's the DoorDash 250. It's 80 laps. It'll be Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on FS1. Man, that's a late start. I know it's West Coast, so it's still daylight. Wait, out hold there. On. Say that again. Say it again. What time again? Say it again. 8 p.m. Eastern is what I have written down. I don't know if that's correct. Well, damn. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that, so that would be 5 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 74 degrees, partly cloudy, 4% chance of rain. So it'll be very nice. Um, oh, is this the first Xfinity race at Sonoma? Yep. I didn't even realize yep. that. Yeah. Historic. Ever. It yeah, just hit historic. me. Yeah. That's cool. pretty cool. Um, the cup race is the, once again, the Toyota Save Mart 350, 110 laps. It's Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Big Fox. Has Sonoma ever been on Big Fox in recent years? Back in the years? day. Uh, Back yeah, in the day. But not, not in recent years, I don't think. Not no. in recent years. This is and, Fox's final race of the season going into that bye week. Thank also you. On, thank the Lord. Bring, also on, bring on Dell Jr., but then we also get uh, – the one like Jeff Burton who yells over my life. Yeah. Hey, chat, celebrate, celebrate, chat. There, there, it's over. 
Fox and PRN will broadcast the race 78 degrees. Uh, there is a 40% chance of rain. So yeah, I guess that is about as high as you could expect this time of year out in mm-hmm. uh, wine country, but Daniel Suarez won this race last year to get his first and currently yeah. his only cup series win someone to watch out for uh, on that note of drivers to watch out for Darian, who does Las Vegas currently have as the betting favorites going in? Oh boy, these are the closest odds um, the odds have been all season. And I mean, outside of like Talladega, yeah, these are like some of the closest ever for all categories. Because in the favorites category, um, we have Tyler Reddick at plus 450, followed by Chase Elliott at plus 500. Um, and then William Byron at plus 850, with Ross Chastain and Kyle Busch at plus 900. As for the best of the rest, Daniel Suarez and AJ Allmendinger at plus 1600, followed by Austin Sendrick at plus 1800, with Chris Buescher and Kevin Harvick at plus 2000 and plus 2500. As for the underdogs, very interesting because I'm, I'm going to name off some guys that usually aren't underdogs, but in the betting odds they are this week, Joey Logano and Martin Trex Jr., as well as Ryan Blaney, are all three plus 3,500 seems like a steal to me, especially for Martin Trix Jr. Who's dominated on this track before. And then, and then as for the final two, you have Denny Hamlin at plus 4,000 and Michael McDowell at plus 4,500. So very interesting as far as the odds are concerned for this week. And we're going to continue with the uh, fantasy route really quick here, because I'm going to list off the overall standings. For the league just give me a second oh oh gosh nascar.com and their freaking pop-up ads what do you know what do you know (laughs) oh my gosh of worst duo (sighs) ridiculous anyways um sean 48 ny is the points leader over trevor sports 98 followed by the nascar bear polish victory lap and oh my gosh my mom's in the top five now holy crap bfm mom back in the top five and i'm just barely hanging on to the top 10 oh boy the Ugh, the tables have turned. The tables have turned. And as for the NWP Fantasy League 2, JC underscore 43P1, followed by Racer Roar, Roar, Roar 48. Um, in third is 42 Larson 5, fall, um, followed by Common Chase Elliott. And in fifth is um, is Hug Wheels. It's, or uh, excuse me, Hot Wheels. Excuse me. I don't know why I said that. But anyways. Yeah, hug they, Wheels? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, the the first part was spelled H A U G, so I just said that at first. But they said I to say see. Hot Wheels, so I see what they I did see. there. But okay. thank you guys for playing. And uh, Eric, let's get to your favorite part this time. Is it your uh, favorite segment this weekend? Is it your favorite man. segment? Why did I have to host <clears throat> this week? Oh my god, I'm actually choking. What the heck? Hey, hey, why would you have to pick Ty Majeski? Just think about it. If you don't pick Ty Majeski, then hey, you might be good. I think. Right? He was going for the win when he effed up. Goodness yeah. gracious! Uh, it yes. Chat, you and I are now tied for the points lead in our podcast pick points. We both have 285. We've opened up a gap, though, to the basement, if you will. Uh, our basement boys of Danny, Darian, and Jarrett in that order. I guess Darian and Jarrett are actually tied. You guys yeah, are hey, we got a tie. You, you can't really call me a basement boy. I'm not we're roommates. Top hey, step. hey, we were staying in a hotel together last weekend, and we're staying in the basement together this weekend. Like, Get y'all away, damn it. Y'all are just on the couch watching TV, and I'm. Yeah. I, I I just got up on the stairs. Now you're yeah, you're sitting a... on top of the washing machine down there. <laughs> and then yeah. Eric in the chat, where where would they be? Just in the house, basically, just in the house, sitting on the couch. Yeah. 
watching y'all struggle for dominance in the basement. I don't know. <laughs> they, they they have a uh, security camera hooked up to a TV upstairs uh, and they're just watching it. Yeah, they're just watching us. They're just watching us. But yeah, no. Hey, uh, this is awesome too because also Jerry, um, 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 is this true? This is the close the points have been overall, um, in the uh, years we've done this, correct? At this point? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, still, you and I could, if everything went wrong in the next like week or two, could easily be the points leaders. So nice. Nice. Yeah. That's what's up. So I guess we'll start with our Xfinity series pick. Yeah. Uh, I'll guess I'll I'll lead off still. Chat, you guys still will go. Uh, I guess you'll be the final ones to go just to keep things simple and straightforward. Uh, I almost went with Kyle Larson. I was between uh, this man and my actual pick because Larson's driving the 17. I think it's a Hendrick Motorsports entry technically. But then I remember that last year, I remember Road America, he got beat by Ty Gibbs. And I thought, you know, Larson's great. Larson's phenomenal. But this is the Xfinity series. I can't bet against AJ Allmendinger, who's slotted to drive the 10. So AJ Allmendinger is my Xfinity pick. Not a bad pick. I'm going to be very boring, and I'm going to stick to the usual crowd and say John Hunter Nemechek still wins this one. Ooh. Yeah, my pick's not really that much entertaining either. It's a cup guy coming down. Kyle Larson gonna win uh i'm gonna go with what eric went with and what the chat's looking to go with uh aj almondinger until he proves that he should not be the betting favorite for xfinity road courses i will always pick him yeah he's just he's done too many superhuman things on road courses in this series for me to bet against him even though he is in the 10 uh not the 16 and colleague maybe not quite what they once were but i i think they're still good enough looks like the chat's also going uh aj almondinger yeah. Um, for the Xfinity race, let's move on to the cup race, the suck pick. I'll start things off. I'll go Brad Keselowski. He was so far off his game at Coda. And I know he's been pretty good. I think at Sonoma in the past. I just, I haven't seen enough road course success from that team lately, or from, I should specific, specify from Keselowski lately. Chris Busher has been decent. So Keselowski is my suck pick. Uh, I forgot him this early now. Uh, my suck pick is uh, <laughs> my suck pick is who did I say? Sorry, Corey LaJoy. Uh, he, he's back in his car and uh, he, he's not going to do well. Look, we're at a road course. You already know this driver is infamous for sucking on road courses. Hey, he's had a pretty good stra- um, 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 strain of runs the past couple of weeks, but it's going to come to an end. Uh, hopefully, he can pick it back up after the off weekend. Bubba Wallace. I'm going to go Austin Dillon. That's all I got to say. The safe road course pick. Chat seems to be leaning Bubba Wallace as well. <laughs> I love how Ross Crash Chain just says legacy. So basically just play with all the legacy <laughs> cars. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty safe like, pick. I like, do see a lot which, of Gregson's. Which, which one? Which one? Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> I do see a lot of Gregson's as well, but I think I think Bubba got the the bump at the beginning. So we'll move on to our dark horse pick. And, you know, I, I was going to pick this guy as my dark horse, but then you're reading the betting odds, Darian, and this dude actually had like top 10 odds. He's one of the favorites, I almost mm-hmm. think. So yeah. I'm actually going to go with somebody who was surprisingly low on the betting odds, Martin Jerks Jr. He had like the 14th best odds, something like that. 40, like I'm going to call him an underdog. I think the odds are looking at Toyota's lack of success on road courses last year and are mm-hmm. holding that against them. And maybe that still will be the case. But, I mean, Tyler Reddick and a Toyota dominated Coda a few weeks ago. So I think Toyota... Maybe they're not 100% back, but they're better on road courses than they were most of last year. So I think Truex is a good underdog pick since apparently he counts as an underdog. Now I'm curious who your original underdog was. 
but my underdog for this one is going to be Austin Cindric. So I defended him a lot and the other stuff this week, but uh, he is good. It's shown he's good at road courses. He hasn't had quite the speed. I think he'd hope for in cup yet here, but I feel like that could change at a track like Sonoma. And I was just talk- I was talking about front row at the beginning of the show. And so funny. I talk about the driver now, Um, but Michael McDowell, man. I mean, what more can you say? Michael McDowell on road courses. Amen. Have a blast. You know, hopefully he'll um get a top 10. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, Michael um uh, McDowell supremacy will uh, reign supreme this weekend. Damn right. But I'm going to go with Austin Cindric as well. I think that uh, he's criminally underrated by a lot of people with road courses. Maybe not the best in cup, but we saw in Xfinity how well he was. So I'm going to go with him as my dark horse. Looks not like a bad the- pick at all. Chat is going with uh, Eric's favorite number to 17. Yeah, yeah I've seen it. It's been close between Busher and McDowell, but I think uh, Busher. That's a good pick. Yeah. I, I, I forgot he, he he come close to winning this one last he year. He was second yeah. here last year, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. So that's not a bad dark horse pick at all. I'm actually surprised none of us picked him because, uh, like I said, he was my underdog pick until the betting odds had him in the top 10. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So moving on then to uh, what time is it, Darian? Oh, yes, it's time for Who's Gonna Win? Who's Gonna Win at Sonoma, Eric? Uh, this may be a boring pick, uh, but I was singing Toyota a lot of praises a moment ago. Uh, Tyler Reddick. I-, I know this is a very different track than Circuit of the Americas. Um, it's a, a very technical, you know, the the dirt getting up on the like, It's different conditions. Don't get me wrong. But Tyler Reddick has emerged the past 12 months or so as maybe the best road racer in the cup series right now. And he didn't put a wheel wrong at Coda a few weeks ago. So I, I just feel like Reddick's the safest pick right now. This does feel like almost as big a wild card as Daytona or Talladega. Reddick to me is the safest pick. I may not be going with Reddick, but I feel like this pick is also a little safer because he has one here before. And I'm going to go with Kyle Larson for this one. Yeah, Eric, I mean, what more can you say, man? Tyler Eric has the best odds for a reason, and yeah, he is my pick as well. I mean, just the way he has been dominating on these road courses the past couple of years, I mean, just, yeah, phenomenal. So, I mean, he, he uh, currently has the uh, the hot hand. Um, so, yeah, Tyler Reddick. Well, uh, Sonoma has always been a little bit of an oddball when it comes to favorites outside of guys like Gordon and Stewart, uh, but in recent years it has. Uh, this guy ran really well at Coda, led a ton of laps. Uh, in the past, he has run well and with no stage breaks. Probably would have ran away with the victory early on in his career when he wasn't as good as he is now. Uh, I'm going to go William Byron as my pick. I like that pick. I thought about that pick. I, I got to say for the chat, while I've seen some 45s, I've seen way more nines. It seems, like they, seems like they think he's going to come back and yeah. get the win, and, and they're trying to use this as, a, as a, a chance to get away from Eric a little bit. Because I saw yeah. some some people going with the 45s, but then some a few were like, no, not the 45s. I'm seeing mainly nine, so they think yeah. that. They think Chase Elliott returns. Yeah. Hey, give him the nine. I it's it looks unanimous to me. I mean, give him I the think nine. it's it's pretty clearly the nine seems to be the front runner. I saw a few Kyle Bushes, a few no, Tyler Reddicks. No but poll it's, necessary. Give I don't think nine. we need a poll this week. No. I think Chase Elliott's their pick. Okay. He didn't run Coda, so this would be his first road course race of the year. Good that luck, is true. Chad. Good luck, chat. Good luck, chat. May it's... the best pick win. Uh on that note, I suppose. Thank you everyone for tuning in to the NASCAR weekly podcast. Thank you everyone who sent super chats really and truly appreciate your very generous support. 
It's great to hang out with you guys. Another Wednesday night, another fun NASCAR conversation. We'll be back next week, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, June 14th on Black Flags Matters YouTube channel. You see the upcoming schedule scrolling underneath us right now. Uh, We'll go over the Sonoma weekend. Uh, We'll lead you into the off weekend as well. I'm sure there'll still be plenty of stories to talk about. And we'll continue with our top 75 Cup Series driver list. Uh, Final thoughts, gentlemen, before we uh, pack it up for the week. Well, hey, you know, another great show in the books. A lot to talk about, but uh, yeah, no, we're heading into a, um, the only off week of the season. That'll uh, be, yeah. yeah. If, if you so happen to be at the Rockford Speedway on Saturday night for the trailer races, uh, I will be there with my family and Slap will be there with me. So come up and say, hey, if you're there. <laughs> awesome stuff. That's great. Well, thank you all once again for listening. We will see you again next week on Darian's channel. Yes, Thanks sir. for watching, y'all. Goodbye. Danny with the mustache. Have some fun tonight. Go get us a W. Hell yeah. Ready. Green, green, green. What the f***? Copy. Right, right down. We had to go play. Unbelievable, man. Way to keep your head in this. Holy s***. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done with it. Fix your face. Set sail. You look beautiful. You look great. Ridiculous, man.